Na 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 We're completely fucked, completely fucked We're completely fucked Stand episode 197, and it's me, Gary P, and of course, the Prof Carrani. Brazzer leaves, I walk. The leading the podcast off SoundCloud, done. Will he, will he take us to Lincoln with him? <laughs> will we do the Lincoln podcast? Why not? Alright, yes, so, of course, we are sponsored by Ocean Electrical. Ocean Electrical, um, currently procuring contracts in New York City, so check them out. And, uh, Need the electrical work? Give me a shout. And of course, that's credit. When it's not your day, even if you quit, it's that's credit. Your mind was going to Lincoln. They got you back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fucking delirious. Do you ever get that when you're you haven't slept in like twenty four hours and you just start laughing at random shit and you just get totally fucking delirious? I feel like that right now. I feel like that now. I feel like I could just reach across and throttle your prop <laughs> and I get away with it. Jeez. Yes, so we talk about a trip to Sligo, latest on Bradzer and Lincoln. Will he stay or will he go? And this is officially the Joe Barnes Show. It's the members' corner, one of our oldest members. It's Joe, the famous rover. He celebrates his 87th birthday. Brilliant, brilliant uh, interview with Prof. And he makes a brilliant observation about following and supporting. Oh, I like that, yeah. Uh, and his first interview is coming along the way, so the tributes and the birthday wishes he sent in with some of his buddies. So looking yeah. forward to that one, Prof. Happy birthday, Joe. 87 years young today. And uh, the last week's show, greatest podcast intro ever. Yes, it was. I mean, their fucking poet tried his best. I'm talking his best <laughs> with that shit he came up with. And our resident poet took the piss and knocked the bollocks out of that. <laughs> so that's that's exactly why I went down there. Yeah, the gas thing was, uh, one of the lines from the real poet was, Like warm stew. <laughs> warm as a most welcome stew, because of you, Danny Mandrew. And I'd say, that- I'd say our poet was thinking, fuck, I, I wanted that one. That's the line I wanted. Well, our poet, did we, we actually aired that before, it was around the time of the 2020 Cup Final. Oh no, what was, what was it? I was at least... It was at least a year, a year and a half ago. We had the, the Bose fan on, and he burst into that poem. So it, uh, it wasn't new. Hence, there would have been more bees. Mm. If it was a new poem now, half it would have been about bees. Bees, sandcastles. But it was an old one. Kids and nerds. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you're exactly right. Like It's actually better. It's one of those intros that just everyone was just kept saying it to us. Oh, so funny, man. Even beside Bernie in the bus. He was like, oh, I didn't get a chance to listen to the podcast, Prof. My brother was saying the intro was amazing. 
Ah, good old Dane. Good old Dane, listen. Just, just spread everywhere. Big shout out to Dane. Swimmer who poor Stevie O'Donnell didn't sound great. Hope he feels better soon. Yeah, um, he's uh, he doesn't like football. Doesn't agree with him. Doesn't agree with him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Rob Cavanaugh, can I just say, yeah, East Ham Pod not adhering to the usual hour-long podcast. Of other pods is a real treat. There must be something in it, but anything that's as interesting should be no problems listening to for three hours. Fair play, lads, for the consistency each week. The other pods we should probably wrap up as if people are bored. We're not. Keep on talking. Maybe not this week. <laughs> I might wrap it up quick on this one. Yeah, did you notice um, in LOI Central, uh, Johnny's trying to say something and then Dan would just be like, well, we go to, mail- go to the mailbag, go to the mailbag. And eventually Johnny just snapped at him and was like, I'm actually the host of this show. <laughs> I used to stop going to the mailbag. You weren't here for some randomer. <laughs> but uh, no, yeah, I feel the same. Like, I'm in work today and like, if I was listening to a Rowers podcast, I'd be like, yeah. Give me I'm, some of that. I'm bored. Mm. Give me three hours. But on the other hand, someone did text me and say it was like an audio book. <laughs> three hours. Mm, yeah, friends. But it's okay. not. I, you, you go, listen, it's not going to change. It's not going to change. Yeah. Well, I don't know. It depends. Browser goes. I don't know. You know? Yeah. If he goes, we're, we're either been in the That's podcast. That's the ransom. Yeah. If he goes, we're down to half hour. That's it. Back to 15 minute interviews around the fin. And Mitzi's going to present it. <laughs> Mambled. Jeez, don't, don't torture the audience. <laughs> so, Graham, he said, it's Rovers, it's the standard. This is our Tony O'Neill feedback. Graham, it's Rovers, it's the standard. Tony's enthusiasm as he's shown you around the facilities at Rollstone, leading the way in the league. And then we have Maloney. He ha- have listened to most of that interview with Tony O'Neill. Brilliant listen. Unbelievable the amount of stuff that's going on in the background and in that role. I remember when Garth's left and the club were trying to shoehorn Glenn Cronin into that role and uh, he wasn't having any of it. Don't think we haven't don't think had heard of your man before but he had some wealth of knowledge education and experience so great stuff from Maloney Peter Fitzpatrick and that interview came at an interesting time didn't it like studying our structures when you know if if the worst is to happen now at least we know our structures are really really strong there so the timing of the interview was interesting yeah. so then uh, Peter Fitz Peter Fitz at East Ham Pod he says terrific interview with Tony so informative I was at the Cholesta versus Crumlin game a fair result 2-2 and I had the pleasure of meeting Ollie Horgan who I think was looking for a centre back so very young centre backs on the Crumlin team you had um, Crumlin hot bit of talent of course Ed Saul's charges they had to go and they had to beat Cholesta they were they drew two all they lost a man after a minute Mark Bourne former not Forrest and um Uphill battle, though. uphill battle. Yeah, two all was a great, was a great. Keen Clark pulling off worldly saves. It's on uh, Twitter, but yeah, unlucky. But they have to go to Bluebell in three weeks' time and get a point to win the league. Probably three weeks. So the, it's going to be a family affair for me. My brother-in-law plays centre half. He's a skip, so it's going to be very. I'm going to be torn between Ed, the hotbed of talent, and the brother-in-law. So Peter Fist didn't mention how he made his way out to that game. I noticed that now, but uh, <laughs> we got more info. From Jim Conroy on uh, Robbie Murphy. Remember our guest on the podcast a few weeks back with uh, Mick Neville. I remember we were saying that we discovered he's a Rangers fan. So Jim pointed out that Robbie's nickname was the Lone Ranger. The Lone Ranger, eh? It's interesting. And final bit of feedback on last week. Philly Maguire. He says, if I had a euro for every time the word Bovril was mentioned in this episode. There was a lot of Bovril. But I said surely... Uh, the word tonking was mentioned more. Tonking, eh? That that must have been said That's more. My new favorite word. Yeah. My new favorite word is tonk. 
which is can be used in a variety of, of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, Bovril is now sold in the Glenmore suite, we were told, so we didn't even know. And, and then I was told some absolute head case put it onto Ray's curry. My God. What's going on there? Footy Scram won't be having any of that. Footy Scram won't be having any of that. I only had one interaction with Waddy in Sligo. He just... It was like a, it was like a, a, a drive-by conversation. He just goes to me, I'm not buying that you've never had Bovril. And then he was gone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, Prof, you've, you've had a loss in, in the family yourself as well. Hit us with the bad news. <sighs> the lovely Haley, our favourite bartender, 2021 bartender of the year, has left the four provinces. What do we do now? I don't know. Are we going to get our points of green ribbon? Do you know what? Actually, we have Daryl. Daryl is new, and do you know what? He handled us. He handled 60 of us on his own uh, on the way to Sligo, so he's well capable. He is well capable. She could have been, end up in the points, though. She could. I heard, yeah. I heard, I heard her CV's gone in there. Mm-hmm. Managerial position. The whack. Put in a good word, will you? <laughs> if she goes to the points, that's my new logo. <laughs> oh, that's that's kind of, yeah. that's 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 controversial. Probably. I might have to boycott me local alehills. <laughs> Frequent your local alehills. <laughs> and again, uh, just on Barney, he uh, showed up at the four provinces before we left on the bus, and the first thing he said was, "Jeez, I, f- I forgot how cr- how close Crumlin is to Tala." Mm. So he zipped down it. 15-20 minutes. Yeah, it is literally. So there you go. Take you ten fifteen minutes to get there. Despite the resistance of some people for this to make a, make it a rower's pub before games and stuff, yep. it's not too far from Tadda. No, certainly not. Go down the bypass and you're there in five minutes. But that is, we're coming up with the competition reminder. Hit them with the comp, prof. Give them the rules, the regulations, and everything. We've had loads of entries so far. Yeah, remember the deadline is is uh, midnight on Friday. That's your last chance to uh, send me a guess. So it'll cost you a fiver, and you need to answer this question. How many Rovers players have played a f- competitive first team game for Rovers since the start of the 2009 season? So it includes the Answer Senior Cup and it doesn't include B team games. And uh, we've had a good few guesses in so far. Uh, I know it's the chat, Garrett, people are sending in for the Golden Goal because we've combined it with the Golden yeah, Goal. So we, what we do is we have two prizes. Whoever, you have to get your guess in. How many guesses have we gotten so far, Prof? Uh, not counted I think maybe 20 yeah now everyone if you've paid a fiver get your guess in Prof has given you what you need to guess the winner of that gets the jersey and then we have the golden goal gets a four baller which sounds great crack by the way and a four baller in a golf course I'll get it for you soon I can't remember who it is because I don't give a fuck about golf but I won it and I'm going to donate it so get your guess in and you will win the lovely jersey. And then you get a, the golden goal winner gets the four ballers. I remember your money is going to a good cause. It's going yes. to the own cost fundraiser. That matches on Saturday in, in uh, Pardee, isn't it? Yep. Don't necessarily expect anyone to nail it dead on the number, but whoever is closest, you are getting that. I had a system for it. I won't tell you the system, but I had a system. And I felt like it worked well. There's a little bit of cheating involved in it, but I think it worked well. Well, there's no cheating. Well, you could use a certain website, you could say. Research is research. So yeah, last chance to win win that jersey. Twenty twenty one, Robert's jersey signed by the whole title winning squad. There you go. Uh, what's your guess, by the way? Are you, you give us your number. One five three. One five three. One five three. Yeah. 
lot of people are in that range so far I thought I saw one guess and I thought it was way too much so then I actually delved into the rabbit hole and I came up with an educated guess you could say so uh, yes of course Prof we have up next we have Joe Barnes Okay, so we're out in uh, Black Rock for a very special edition of the Members' Corner. We're with uh, Joe Barnes, uh, a well-known Rovers fan. So first question, Joe, uh, where are you from originally? Originally from Dunleary. Uh, born, bred, and I moved here about 27 years ago. Do you remember your first Rovers game? Oh, God, I do, yeah. it was. Uh, I'd imagine it was only last year, if you know what I mean. And I was about five years of age, and Shelbourne we played in uh, Shelbourne Park, the dog track. And I think it was on a Saturday. My father, the old saying, your, your dad always put you on the bicycle on the crossbar and went in. That's where I went into the first game. And once I saw that green and white, that was it, finished. <laughs> And I'm still following them after all these years. In August, I'll be 82 years following them. Because I'm only 86 now. So in, in August, I'll be 87. Well, in May, I'll be 87. But then I'll be 82 years following them. What was it like? Being in a Rovers game in that decade, what was the Rovers game like in the 40s? Well, from what I can remember of that, you see, I had the dog track and all the lights from the dogs. You could sort of, you couldn't recognise the players that were so far away from you. But to me, it was, as a kid, like it was, it was exciting, great. That was, to me, that was the icing on the cake to see Rovers because I had looked at the paper, we used to get the mail paper every night and something about Rovers in it. So when I went to that game, oh, Janie Mac, I'm away. <laughs> and after that, I, I I didn't go every week now after that. You know, you, you couldn't afford it actually in those days. And you had to wait till your dad brought you in as well. So up to Milltown, my first time in Milltown was something terrific as well. So, and all the bicycles, thousands of bikes up there, thousands of bikes, and the fellow with the hat on him looking after him, you're paying beforehand, but he was gone once everybody was inside. <laughs> he was gone home off for a few jars somewhere. And did you have a, a, fam- a Rovers family background? Like Yeah, my dad, my dad, my dad was a Rovers fan, like, you know, and uh, my two sons, actually, but They've fallen. One of them still goes now and then, but my dad was a great Rover fan. That's how I started, really. Um, I became uh, so involved with them, if you know what I mean. Uh, we used to get the tram into Ellsbury Road and walk up, and uh, then you'd have to walk back down. To, and it was a long walk for a young lad. You know, Penny Hapney Fair into the tram. And sometimes you must the bunk in you know, get in under the style up in Middletown, you know, or somebody would lift you over, you know, but I think it was sixpence at the time to get in for the kid. But then eventually, uh, you know, when I got a little older, I, I got a season ticket up there. And uh, 
Noel King used to be on the the stand for a year, and this was a good few years later, actually. And uh, Noel King, unless you were on, unless your name was down on the list, you wouldn't get into that stand. Noel was very, oh, people didn't like him, but he was a great bloke. He was a great rovers uh, man, like you know. And I remember one time in Talca Park, he wouldn't let uh, two ex-players in because they weren't on the list. And that was Noel. <laughs> I still, I still, Noel and I still friendly, you know, we ring each other every week, you know. If you, when you look at the 50s and 60s teams, was there a glamour about Shamrock Rovers? Was there an attraction? Were they heroes to the locals? Oh, Rovers were, I mean, Manchester United of uh, uh, Ireland, they were classed as. And uh, the crowds actually, Middletown, the crowds were you're full. I think they held about 25,000, like, you know. You may be standing on somebody's shoulders or something like that, but it was great crowds. Television ruined Irish football. The crowd started going down on television. A lot of the bar stool fellas that followed the English teams would, wouldn't cross the road to go in to see a, a, an Irish football. I mean, I admire all Bowes, Shelbourne, uh, Galway, any team that's in Ireland, you know, they have to fight for a living, actually, because they don't get much support off the FAI. I've always criticised the FAI because they weren't very good to Irish football. They were only good to the Irish team. Well, they were good to the Irish team only in the last so many years, not beforehand. And you'd have a lot of players to choose from, obviously, but if you had to pick, say, two or three, who are your favourite Ever Rovers players? Ever Rovers players? I'll give you a team now. <laughs> Freddie Kiernan and goals. And a lot of people wouldn't remember or know about him. He played for Shelburne, Dundalk, I think it was, and Drumcondra before Rovers. And he was with Rovers for about, I think it was about three or four years. And he was a, oh, he was a fantastic goalkeeper. Small for a goalkeeper now he was. And Southampton actually took him. I think it was about 5,000 quid, which was a lot of money those days. And he was with Southampton for about five or six years. And I saw him playing against the English League in Daly Mount Park. My James is three. What saves he made? I think they won one nothing uh, the English League. Either that or was nil all. But he absolutely fantastic. Only a small, about five foot eight. And that was small for the goalkeeper. And he was, oh, Janie Mac, brilliant goalkeeper. I would put him, in my mind, now there was other great goalkeepers for Rovers, but he, to me, was an outstanding goalkeeper. I believe you raised Paddy Cole as possibly our greatest ever player. have to do that when I mention his name. <laughs> if he was alive now and he was playing as a player, you're talking about 70 million as a player transfer. He played against Manchester United at that time when Rovers were in the European well it wasn't called the European Cup then it was Champions League I think it was Champions, whatever it was called I can't remember but Matt Busby uh, said that Danny Blanchflower had been transferred from Aston Villa 
to Spurs for £64,000. That was a record. And he said that he wasn't fit to tie Paddy Cole's boot laces. That's how good he was. Brilliant player. First time I saw him was in, uh, when he came to Rovers, Daily Mount Park. I came up the steps. They're gone now, the steps. There's an archway there. I used to go up and over. And I came up and he, the match had started. And this fella, oh, <laughs> took my breath away when I saw him. Brilliant. Brilliant. Best player I've ever seen, honestly. Are you also a big fan of Peter Eccles? Ah, <laughs> Peter Eccles. <laughs> my ex-drinking partner. <laughs> Peter was... Peter was Rovers, he wasn't the greatest footballer, but by James, he was a great, he gave his, he gave everything. With Gino beside him, Gino with the brain, he was the broad. He was, I, I thought Peter was very good, I really did. But I'll give you my team, which I thought it was different players now from different areas, like Freddie Kiernan. Uh, Harry, Harry, uh, or Janie, no, sorry, Harry Kenny. I thought he was a great right full. Jerry Mackey, as I'd say, is a left full. Uh, a fella called Paddy Daly. He was he was in the late forties, and he went to Aston Villa. Smallish fella with a head like. Don't know how his head ever stood on his shoulders because he used to head balls. Don't know how he, because they were very hard, leathery balls at that time, you know. He was a brilliant centre-half, small fella as well. Then, of course, you had um, Ronnie, Ronnie Nolan. Uh, and then I'd put, um, who would I put left half? At that time, it was right half and left half. Um, maybe... Um, I'd say uh, maybe Liam Hennessy. Liam Hennessy was, he was on a rated player, really. He never got an international cap. And at that time, there was 10 international players playing for Rovers and one hadn't got an international cap. And that was Liam, Lord of mercy on him. Uh, in outside, Roy Frank O'Neill. Have to be, have to be Frank O'Neill. Inside right, um, well, Paddy Cold would probably either played inside right or right half, and uh, Paddy Ambrose was centre forward, and Liam Toohey outside left. Did I miss somebody there? Did I? No, I think I might have missed an inside left, maybe. Probably, uh, next Manchester United player from Bray. <laughs> Tommy Hamilton, yeah. yeah. I played against him myself when he, in the schoolboy league in Bray. Great player. I think he was. There's other players I could put in, and if, maybe if they hear this or see this, <laughs> they might kill me for not putting them in. But Mick Leach, I mean, Mick Leach would score goals for nothing. You know, a little fox in a box. And uh, Mick Bourne. I love Mick Bourne, like, you know, but... Uh, I'd have to put Paddy Ambrose ahead of Mick. You just have to because Paddy Ambrose played in the times when grass was grown. 
too high maybe if you fall over them. <laughs> you know you haven't got the good pitches like they have now you know I was asked for a most memorable Rovers game if you had to pick one cup final against Cork 1956 two down 30 minutes to go chairman of the Cork team goes out to get a few bottles of bubbly <laughs> and he's coming back in he said what was the final score 3-2 <laughs> oh jeez they put up a good now you're beating 3-2 <laughs> that was probably the best match I you know ooh. what would be the one lowest moment following the club uh, the lowest moment Probably the last match in Milltown. I swore I'd never go to Talca Park, and uh, it just—I thought uh, that was the end of Rovers. Really, I thought they'd go out of existence. Really, only for the some of the lads that got together and saved them. And how much did you go after that? Like Talca, Daily Mounts, RDS? Did you come back? Uh, I. I didn't, as, you, as I say, I didn't go into Talca, but I went, I used to go away most of the matches. I always went away matches at that particular time. And when John McNamara took over and he, he said he moved to Daily Mount, naturally went to Daily Mount. Didn't like going to Daily Mount, but what can you do? The Rovers were playing there. The worst place of the lot was Santry. I always remember Mick Bourne, or not Mick Bourne, Pat Bourne saying, horrible place to play in. Horrible atmosphere. It's terrible. It was first evening in Talca. <laughs> and it was 22 years that journey to, to get a stadium. Did you ever have doubts that we would get there in the end? I hadn't because um, there was an old uh, fella that, um, what was his name? Um, he died. Uh, Cairns, I think his name was. He was um, he was on the Rovers committee, and he was on the cram thing, like you know. And he always said that he, he said, "Have faith, we we'll get we we'll get somewhere." And eventually, we came to, they got the piece of ground out in Tala, but then the GEA, of course, intervened, <laughs> and. I had tickets. I was given free tickets for when Ireland went to play in Crow Park. But I was never inside a GA pitch in my life and never will be. Um, I think they're very biased, you know, and that business of um, religion and uh, politics in sport, I, I don't agree with it. Even though I'm biased against the GEA, but they're a, 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 an organisation to me that they're professionally run, where the FEI is amateurly run. And they, the, the GEA do run their business. It's just certain people in the GEA, I think there's too many priests attached to it as well. <laughs> and bishops. <laughs> The, the opening night of, of Tata Stadium, do you remember that? Any memories from the special night? Oh, jeez, I do, yeah, I do, yeah. I remember meeting um, Paul Cook outside. He was the Sligo manager at the time. And I can't say that what he said to me, like, you know, the, the language he said. And he says, I'm delighted for you. 
and but he used other words in front of it and uh, he was after um he said he liked one of the players um that Rovers had and he was chasing him and he finally got him on Doyle and uh he said he didn't he couldn't understand why Rovers weren't playing him so much you know and uh he eventually got him but that night I, I was great twiggy <laughs> Uh, and uh, oh jeez, I thought it, my life, it, 20 years was taken off my life that night. I was younger. Mm. And you had other passions aside from Rovers. Uh, you've been a West Brom uh, fan for a long time. Uh, 1949, I started following, not supporting them, following them. There's two different things of following and supporting. Um, I used to follow them in the papers because Davy Walsh played for West Brom and he played for Ireland. You know that's how I, I saw him when he was playing for Ireland in Daly Mount, mm. and I liked him. I thought he was one of those centre forwards. You know, big get in there, <laughs> and that's why I started following him. And eventually, I think it was, I think it was around the early seventies. Uh, my daughter. Um, got me an, an invitation to visit the Hawthorns and I met uh, the secretary was Dr. John Evans. He was only there for the la about three weeks before that and he's still my friend now up to you now and uh, I started going to uh, West Brom's games and I, then I became a season ticket holder but I never sat in my seat. Well I did a few times but I used to go into the, the upper edge, lads up over <laughs> the far side, um, the director's box and all that sort of thing. I, I just, they seem to like me. <laughs> if you were to say to somebody there's a Rovers and West Brom fan, they'd probably think the John Jaws link in the 70s, but your link goes uh, way back further than that. Yeah, I do, yeah. Um, there was, there were a good, they always played good football. That's one thing I liked about them, you know. They weren't. Uh, they were more of a family club. They weren't. They hadn't got great money, you know. The players, you know, they hadn't got well-known players. Some they had some very good players. I mean, Jeff Astle was probably the Bomber Brown, uh, which I'm a friend of Bombers, which I'm delighted. Um, now the, the the some of the players, ex-players now, they're some of my best friends. Big Darren Moore, he's manager now, Sheffield Wednesday. Andy Johnson, which is my best friend, uh, he's 40 years younger than me, and he always says I'm his, his younger brother. And, uh, you know, players, I like uh, that type of getting to know the players, not the bosses, the players. I love that. And uh, same at Rovers, I have a lot of friends, ex-players, which I have... About six of them, when I died, they'd be carrying my coffin. <laughs> um, Pat Bourne is the man that organised it, he's still alive. <laughs> so when you were following robbers up and down the country over the decades, like what were some of the jobs you've had in those times? What did you work as? Me? I, I, I worked in the Irish Lights, and um, naturally I was at sea, and I would miss certain games, like, you know, I just went around the coast. 
And I used to try and get the captain to bring the ship into Cork, maybe, or if, if Rovers were playing in Cork, or into, um, what do you call it, um, Galway. <laughs> and a few times they did. <laughs> I, remember, I remember going into Galway, we were going, in, he said, I'll get you into Galway tonight because we're playing Galway United. And uh, the ship was coming alongside, I jumped off and it ran like hell. And I met uh, Jack, <laughs> Jack Wilson. He said, the match was early, you missed it. <laughs> but things like that, you know, it was great. Great. To, even in, uh, up in Derry now, the ship would go into Derry and you'd see, see Derry and uh, City and I playing as well. But I love driving away, you know. As I said, Robert Goggins, maybe. Um, Neil, um, the goal, the referee, um, what was his name now? Uh, Neil, 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 uh, or Janie, I forget his name. But he used to be a kid and we used to bring him and he was a great Rovers fan and now he's a referee. Yeah. Doyle, Neil, Neil Doyle, yeah. And he, I'd bring him like in uh, Mick, Mick McCarthy as well, you know. You actually captained uh, a merchant Navy ship, isn't that right? No, not me. Jeez, no, I was the chief steward. <laughs> <laughs> you used to call them pop wallopers. <laughs> they cleaned the pots. <laughs> that, that was my information from from Robert Goggins. Yeah. Uh, somebody want me to ask you this: your favorite Robbers team and who you think was the best Robbers team? So it's two different questions: your oh, favorite yeah, no, and what's yeah, the best? Yeah. I think the 1956 team at top is great. Um. Chris O'Callaghan, uh, Mickey Burke, Jerry, Jerry Mackey, Shay Kyo was centre-half, um, Liam Hennessy left-half, uh, Ronnie Nolan, um, Maxi McCann was outside right. Um, can't remember now who was inside right. Anyway, um, uh, they were... They, that was a great team. Oh, gee. You'd, you'd have to get up there early into the to the football grounds to get in because we're always packed. Really packed now. I'm trying to talk a park even. Jeez, 15,000 there, you'd be squashed to death. And Daily Moon Park, of course. Uh, Daily Moon Park, when, when we were playing bowls, bowls were an amateur side then. And, you know, there wasn't very many used to go for bows, like, you know. I had two friends play for bows. The, the Duns, Terry Dunn and Joe Dunn. I never forgave them. <laughs> they died since. <laughs> Do you think that 50s team would beat the six-in-a-row team in the 60s and the four-in-a-row team in the 80s? Like, which is the better team of those three? Yeah, it's hard to say. It's very hard to say certain times in in rovers you know that 56 they were great i thought they were the best side now the the ones that won the cup six times uh, they were brilliant too and the four in a row team i mean they played they played great football but it was different type of football over the years like you know rovers in the early 50s in the 60s they were never beaten till they always saying till the final whistle blew. 
Rovers could be a couple of goals down and they'd win. <laughs> that was the, they never say die attitude, you know. And uh, that 50, the 50 team, uh, they were to my, they were the fantastic. And lovely, they, they were all mates that went out together with their wives and all that sort of thing, you know. It was terrific. It was a great, great atmosphere. And I don't know what it was camaraderie and everything with them you know yeah so Joe Barnes prof and um, brilliant stuff uh, working at sea getting to all the games um, I really enjoyed this I have to say Get, I mean on the crossbar with his dad going down to the games when he was younger that's that- just uh, part one by the way uh, part two later on but uh, 82 years let that sink in going to Rovers games for 82 years longer than I've not even been alive half that long. I'm trying to think of significant world events where he was at a Rovers game. He was at a Rovers game when the Nazis were bombing England. Am I right? On my way off. Yeah, early 40s. Yeah, that's what the fuck. Like, he's there. It's ridiculous. Brilliant stuff from Joe once again. Of course, big fan of Paddy Cold. Not many people left we can ask about who actually saw Paddy Cold in, in the flesh. He said he'd be worth 70 and, uh, million today. One of his quirks is that he he uh, follows West Brom, has for a long time. Like and, you he said. Lo- and he loves the L. <laughs> he loves an L whistle. And like you said, he differentiated between supporting and follying. Too big, different. Like, I mean, we we you know, follying is all around the country. Supporting is a different story altogether. Uh, actually, I regret not airing Jim Conroy's questions for Joe. That would entertain us. I uh, said, Jim, send me some stuff to ask him. And he says, why, why is he a baggy's nut? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I quite enjoyed the stuff about him being at sea as well. And he, like, he'll be near Galway or Derry or whatever. And he'll just say to the captain, just steer into Cork there. But Robbers are playing. Let me jump in there. <laughs> um, he, um, I say he was a pot washer or something like that at sea, did he? Just yeah, chef. chief steward. Traveling to games with a young Neil Doyle. I hope Bowles fans don't hear this. Friends with all sorts of footballers. So, yeah, so brilliant stuff from John. You'll hear more of him later on, Prof. We're going to move on to our 1 1 draw at Sligo last Friday. We had What's In for Tell. Controversial. Don't think Tell should have been dropped. And Watts didn't have a great game by his standards, so maybe you could say it was the wrong choice. But I. They've made decisions like this before, yeah. this management team. It could have been something to do with the pitch, you wouldn't know. Comes back to our question about rotation as well. But they do, they've done this before, they've pinpointed certain games where it's like, okay, you're suitable for this match. Yeah. So it could have been one of those. Maybe so. Otherwise, a very unfair dropping. Yeah, I think so as well. Borky back in the bench as well, Prof, he'd make a cameo. Late on the bus, um, I had Missy for company, Prof, for I think the good, the good six hours. It was uh, it was interesting to say the least. So and you, you had Barney... <laughs> So it was great. It was it was great crack. I have to say, yeah. um, thought I overshot it at first, but I think we nailed it on the head to both numbers. Was a couple of seats, people looking for seats at the start, but I think we nailed it. Yeah, me and Barney bonding over comedy writing, book writing, all sorts going on. Um, the state of the pitch, like I just said there, fucking bits, man. It was a concern going in, and then I think Jackie even referenced it afterwards, didn't he? He said it was. And he actually Backer. made a good point. He says, "No, listen, both of us have to play. In it. It's not great for for either team." So, it was a, it was a very Premier League by the numbers sort of tweet by Jack, but noticeable that he did mention the pitch though. 
Um, our bus driver, absolute head case, brought his missus with him up the front. Fucking great crack you are, by the way. I've seen it all. It was you know? like it was like watching Gogglebox, <laughs> but I'm watching them up the front of a bus make decisions, and they were having little domestics. He he be, he be giving out. She'd be giving out. She'd be like, "Pull over here." I'd be like, "Pissed up, pissed up," and she'd be like, "It's not safe here." He'd be like, "Where else am I gonna pull over?" <laughs> and they go, "Pissed up." She's like, "Not here. It's not safe." He's like, "I need, I need a piss." <laughs> But no, great crack they were. Uh, Definitely get them back. Yeah, some more notes. Uh, Maloney pulled out of the bus, so after him building up for weeks, his his new Andy Lyon song, he wasn't even on the bus. The oh, he got it going, though. He got it going. But uh, he, he was determined to get it going during the match. Um, What else did we have? Uh, we passed that garage on the way. You know the one. You know the garage. Thankfully, we didn't go in this time. Didn't quite make the half-five target gear. Uh, traffic was bad in fairness traffic was stinking um, a little bit after half I was th- I was saying 6 but what was it about half 6 I was near 7 I think near by quarter then. to 7 maybe when we got down to the pub it was a sweaty bus man that's when I saw Missy for the first time we were down there by the the river or the lake or whatever it was the Garavogue I think it is and, I think it's uh, called the Garavogue River yeah Missy kept saying it was like this is like Europe away it's sunny we're beside a lake it actually was it was brilliant and that's Fair the point. vibe we were trying to like that's I didn't think it'd be that good but it was a deadly little bar big beer guard music on playing Rovers tunes live music and then the sun is shining mm. now Aussie Knife for the second bus in the row Gary he's at home drinking knockoff beers yeah the uh, the the change over killed them like a lot of people. The march went fine anyway. Some were, some were concerned about it, and others were like, "Can we not walk a kilometer without trouble?" Yeah, they didn't want that smoke prof. Was gas was when people film you marching. That kind of amuses me. So I'm just there walking with a few lads, and like a sixty year old woman is filming us march, and I'm like, "What are you gonna do with that footage?" Send it on to, our, to Mary next door, <laughs> who's also filming it. I'd love to know, I really would. Uh, the banjo before Monhin Award, although we don't actually go through Monhin for this one, so is a void? No, you can you can give it, we can give it. Does anyone get it? Anyone? The, there was no standout winner. If I had to pick one, I'd say Larson. Yeah, was he? Was he? Yeah, I didn't see, because I was up the top, prof. I'm not even saying he was banjo, I'm just saying like he was he was the standout one, I suppose, <laughs> of limited options. Um... They had a smallish crowd, didn't they, behind their, uh, the goal in their stand. A lot of people were, were saying that to me. It's like, Jays, look at their crowd. It's not nowhere near full. Yep. Uh, Cork Tom in there somewhere, unfortunately. Ooh. So, first 20 minutes of the game, Prof. Um, I'll let you take this one. First 20 minutes of the game. Well, I'm, during the first three minutes, I was enjoying a was scram- tasty burger. I, I was scrambling around the place. <laughs> Very impressed with this burger. Oh, yes. Giving it 9 out of 10. Oh, 9? No, bro. Careful. This was a great burger. Be careful here now. That's a, that's a mega standard burger. Like. That's, this was a great burger. Especially your last week at Dana Mountain, but they don't sell burgers. What we got? What, come on, what we got? You hit me with it. Talk to me. Hit me, with, hit, me, hit me with what you have. Give me the, give me the con. I want, to know, I want to know if it's a brioche bun. <laughs> Listen, you got your classics. You got your bun. You got your onions, your cheese, and your ketchup. Are we talking grilled tomatoes or are we talking raw tomatoes? Tomato sauce. Tomato sauce. So we're not even. I don't going. like tomatoes on their own. So we're going cheeseburger. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Cheeseburger. Classic. classic Sligo cheeseburger. Tasty um, burger. Anyway, so the first twenty minutes. Um, we, this is a pretty good first half from us. Um, 
uh, the, fir the first chance we had was, it was a really good team move involving Jack and Finner. And eventually fell to Danny and McGinty made a good save. Oh yeah, I remember that one now. So, the, other than that, like, I wouldn't say we had like a ton of clear-cut chances. I wouldn't call it the Lions share now, but yeah. we, we, I think we deserve to be on top with Andy Lyons. Penetrating the box. And 23 minutes Absolutely, gone, bullet, bullet and home, a header. And here I was telling people beforehand, oh, he'll never get one, another first goal scorer. And he fucking did. I had Pico. Do you know what? I was literally... <coughs> I tend to do this in Sligo, actually, because I usually get my burger. And then by the time I'm eating it, it's kicked off. And then I notice a couple of people I want to chat there are behind the goal. So this has happened like five or six times in a row. I watched the first half from behind the goal. And I was beside Giggsy Hand. And we were... As the, goal, as the corner was being taken... We were literally just saying to each other, he'd be a great bet for first goal scorer every week at this stage. Three seconds later, boom, in the net. In like, the net. Why are we not making money on this? So he's our top scorer now with five goals. May as well put him up front at this stage. Oh. And I was one minute out from the golden goal. One so minute prop. I was sick. Fields are finally his week. Took home the golden goal. A very, very happy man in Perth. Do you know what? If anyone's going to win it, I'm happy it's him. Because he's been praying for that win for a long time. And so yeah, and yeah. Lines. Carly, Ali Carly, looking sick. <coughs> um, he just hates Rovers, doesn't he? He really does. He just hates Rovers. So um, we had the second half prof kicking off. Alan Manis was speaking to the referee, and apparently he was being abused again. So he's finally had enough. Well, as was pointed out, it was just three away games in a row now, where he's getting sectarian abuse. So can you blame him for having enough? And Will it end up in the referee's report? Hopefully. Because it's unacceptable at this stage, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Definitely agree with you, man. Um, so we had Maloney, who was absolutely determined to get his Andy Lyons song going. And it did. It went down a tree. So it was uh, to the tune <coughs> of... Think I think we're alone now. now. And it's brilliant. It's going to be. It's gonna kick off. It's going gonna, it's gonna to stick. And he... I genuinely like... Not a lumbering... Now, if anyone knows Jason Maloney, you've been on a bus room. About 2am, he lumbers towards the back like a horror movie. And he just kind of, if he catches gaze, then you're getting roasted. Everybody's trying to avoid him because you know you're going to get roasted. He was doing that, lumbered into the away section. There's nothing funnier than when he does that on the bus. Oh, man. It takes him so long to get down to the back. It's hilarious. And then um, uh, he just kept going and he persisted and persisted. persisted. It's like the, just... The guy, mm. did, I'm doing it again. The guy with the stick who waves it around. <laughs> the conductor. The conductor. <laughs> um, yeah, so he's the conductor and he got it going eventually. So I think it's going to be a cracker for away days. Well, the second half, as as people said to us, we stopped playing basically. Have we done this a few times now where we just don't pick up where we left off in the second Did half? Did we get dragged into a battle? Is that the thing? Were, were they successful in doing that? But... And with the Lions one, I felt like I've just helped like, uh, bring about that goal. But with the equaliser, we were only talking to each other about how poor Sligo looked. And we're like, these are offering nothing. No. These, these are so poor. And then sure enough, five minutes later, they score out the blue. I don't think he meant that either, Hamilton. I don't think he meant to score. He jumped and it kind of hit him awkwardly and then it went into the bottom corner. I don't think there's no way he meant it. 
I think he is directing. I think he, he meant to score. I don't think he meant to hit in that corner. He tried to go top left. Okay. Well, no, I think he's he's trying to head it back where it came from. He he steers in the corner. I think he means it. it's a very good header. And I think a couple of minutes before that, there was a couple. There was some shaky moments where I think we were trying to play it out from the back, and they wanted throwing. And suddenly they got just a, a speck of momentum. They didn't really have any fucking chances of note. They didn't really dominate. They got one fucking jammy goal. And but in, yeah, in a game life, goals change games, as they say. And then suddenly a poor Sligo side are now looking for a winner, having been shite for 70 minutes. Yep. And we're like, why haven't we put this game to bed? Granted, like I said, we didn't have a million clear-cut chances, but it still no. felt like the game should have been over ages ago. Very frustrating. Very, very frustrating. And they had man sent off five minutes to go, Gary Buckley, so... Sluggle for 10 men. We Did we create anything really of note? We had one cleared off the line by Richie Tell, maybe yeah, at, the, at end. the end. In fairness, McGinty. Right at the end. McGinty was cleaning up everything at the end. Yeah, you know, he's a good player. He's a good player, good goalkeeper, but it's very disappointing. Um, not for lack of effort, though, you know. But it'll be interesting to see what happens next, but when. Um, I'm going to say Brad's our picks the fucking team. Who's, who's picking the next team? I think you are, actually. I'm going to pick it. Yeah. Right, I'm going to show you I'm going to show you're going to email the team and then that's what we're going to go with me and the prof in the dugout so you have one stat this week prof just a single lonesome stat on his own just the one well mm. somebody asked me in Sligo this question so here's my has answer. his other compatriots left to go to a little town in England has the other stats fucked off have they <laughs> have they getting angry now uh, someone asked me in Sligo when was the last time somebody came from behind to beat us Madam. So it was one all at this stage, and I think Sligo were kind of pressing for another goal. Last time was actually the 2020 Cup final, Dundalk. Oh. Greener gave us the lead, and we ended up losing 4 2 oh, yeah. in extra time. The time before that, long time ago, and, and also the last league game that happened, the infamous 5 2 at home to Dundalk in June 2018. Dan Carr put us ahead after four minutes. So that's twice in uh, four years. Very rarely happens. Jesus Christ. Uh, you probably, you're probably fucked up with all the stats now as well, are you? For, oh, just, let's just move on, Prof. I'm getting frustrated here. Performances. We talk about performances. Uh, who played well for you, Prof? Um, I don't know. Was there a standout player? Um, a little bit hazy on this one, to be honest. You were just depending on me there, right? For that question. <laughs> Looking at you like, fucking say something. <laughs> yeah, I was tired. Had a little nap. A little rest like Joey and like... Uh, for 90 minutes. A little rest like Joey and... and um, who I used to rest? Who else I give a rest? Finner. Yeah, You're resting rest. Finner every week now, I notice. Uh, changes, should they have been made earlier? Possibly. Possibly, yeah. Possibly, yeah. Um, who came on? Uh, kind of... The, well, Tell came on, obviously. And uh, Berkey came on only the last few Greener. minutes, so he didn't really didn't have time to make an impact to the Berkey. But um, yeah, possibly could have made earlier. And Brazier said after it was we could have managed the second half better. Um, so maybe he is admitting. Did you there. listen to him? He's very matter of fact, wasn't he? Afterwards, he was he's like he was coming out fighting. He was like, um, mm. you could hear in his voice, he's a little bit passive aggressive. Well, those interviews are done 
immediately on the pitch. The crowd are still in the stands. Yeah, there's yeah. music playing. There's all sorts going on. He wasn't on. happy. You know, you so see. there's always a bit of adrenaline to those interviews. So I wouldn't read too much into that. But yeah, he was. He did give short answers. But that is true. Um, Videos of the, young Sligo orphans. <laughs> throwing stones at us. Went viral. Yeah. And someone retweeted and says, your Mrs. Throw stones at football matches. <laughs> your bird throws stones at League of Ireland games. <laughs> They were sculling them. That's someone absolutely slaunched. Slaunched, that's a new word, isn't it? Mm. Launched hurtled. fucking hurtled. Hurtled and legged. Oh, hurtled uh, a flare in our direction and it caught someone. Scrolled behaviour. Right in the chest. Young Ben was on yeah, our we have, we have a call from Ben in a minute. But mm. uh, absolute scrolled behaviour. Eyewitness reports, Gary, say that as she threw the stone, she asked, Are ye shams? That's just what I heard now. <laughs> uh, someone posted a clip because the game was an RTE and uh, so it was just got forwarded into the chat and the, the camera zoomed in on the young fella. So basically we've discovered Ray Whedon's, Ray Whedon's long lost son. <laughs> That's Sligo. <laughs> Has he, it, has he, he's been to Sligo a few times. He's been to Sligo the last 13 years. Yeah. How many Andy Lyons songs do we have now? Uh, Maloney's one is the winner. No, um, but I mean, it's just... Every song we sing <laughs> He deserves it In fairness We just turn all our songs Into Andy Lyons It's just like Andy Andy Lyons Yeah yeah and Everything everything, yeah. Andy Lyons Take me home <laughs> Do the place Not Lincoln Andy Lyons <laughs> uh, Twig of Scotland Got a Got a rendition as well Remember my stat last week The last time we had won In the showgrounds On a Friday Yeah Was Gary Twig's last game For Rovers Yeah In 2012 time, When he warped Time and space yeah, um, we, uh, we threw a flare at ourselves. <laughs> Horrible behaviour, isn't it? <laughs> I was trying to think of a Simpson meme there. Can't, can't think of it now. We do Ben on Twitter, who was an Airbus, got hit in the chest by a flare tonight. Trump by Sligo fans into the way in and burned right through my scarf. Well, I won't hear peep of it because it's Sligo and not us. Of course. Well said, Ben. Yeah. Of course. Well done. Um, what else in the, in, in the, the stands? Uh, Mr. Bulger got some attention, which Stewie Byrne. Wasn't happy about on Cody's call. Yeah, um, it's football, man. And, and hold on, Stewie's the first one to call people snowflakes. So get a fucking grip, will you? As I'm sure you've been called worse. Um, the journey home, probably. It was one of those, right? It was one of those where the hangover kicked in about two hours in, and I wanted to die. And you had Mitzi right beside you. Yeah. How'd that go? Yeah. Searching for something that didn't exist. <laughs> so. It was like it was like a continuous time loop that young Pat Tutty got caught in before where I was just going around and around in the same warp and slowly going insane. Yeah. Yeah, it didn't go down well. Oh, by the way, coming back to the bus, like I said, we marched uh, to the ground. So that was cool. I didn't realise we'd have to march back to the bus. It wasn't the case. He couldn't get in. They wouldn't let him in. So Sligo wouldn't let him back in. So we went to find him. Couldn't find him. And then mayhem outside the ground. Uh, fucking children at a corn tried to kill me. <laughs> I got saved. But uh, it, was, it was ridiculous. Oh, I didn't know he wasn't allowed it. Why wasn't he allowed uh, it? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he was off having a little candlelit dinner with the missus. But yeah, frustrating, like you say, because they weren't up to much. And it also means you've only had two points against them from two games. Both games we should have won, especially the Tala one. Yep. And... Um, some as as was said, kind of ruthlessness in front of goal. 
do we not have it sometimes but, but, but the, like like it comes back to Europe if we go into Europe and we play like this we're not going to fucking have the killer yeah. touch you know so it's, it's, it is concerning yeah. it concerns me we were, we were on a run of five consecutive wins and then as soon as RDE turned up we, we didn't win so that's that's true the farm but not the end of the world like would you have thought we would have got nine points from the previous three games 100% not and that's like yeah it's it's it swings around but doesn't it yeah when you think of it like that it's a great it's a great tally from those games so we've three home yeah. games coming ahead of us now did you hear Johnny Ward actually crowned us champions a few weeks ago <sighs> we weren't even top at the time fucking not even two series in <laughs> he seems to like us now do you know what oh, is that a good thing or a bad thing I don't know either way so um, yeah prof we are going to come up for Joey Barnes part 2 and it's a cracker and there's not many people we can ask this to compare the style of football and that we play now to Colts Colts in the 50s. Do you see any similarities in the excitement and the attacking football that we play now? Yeah, I do. I mean, to me, I'm still a kid. I'm still a kid, but, you know, I, I don't know whether I should say this or not, but <laughs> Rovers ended a marriage of mine. <laughs> was part and parcel to that my marriage broke up over it. <laughs> and because when I'd come home, I'd go to see Rovers. <laughs> and my other, my spouse at that time didn't appreciate it. <laughs> so that was part and parcel of my life. It still is. Rovers to me is, if I had to choose, to choose between one thing and the other to be Rovers <laughs> and between West Brom and Rovers it's Rovers not West Brom <laughs> Would it be hard or was it hard for say people like yourself uh, at your age during the pandemic who Rovers was like the biggest thing in their life and then they couldn't go for a year and a half there how tough was that for you and other people? Terrible to me it was because I couldn't look at Rovers on television and you know the thing I couldn't I can't look at Rovers when they're on telly I have to be there I can't I nearly have a heart attack if I had to look at them <laughs> because I I like I, I, the atmosphere in the grounds I love that and I love seeing live I don't like watching on the telly I don't I can't and now it's worse because I couldn't see them <laughs> for that nearly two years like you know a uh, big personality at Middletown was Billy Lord. Were were you uh, kind of close with him? Ah, Billy, I carried his coffin. And as a matter of fact, when he when he died, even you know, Billy Lord was a, a, a mert. Cigarette dangled out of the mouth, me running out to somebody be down on the ground, and then the ashes fall on top of the player on the ground. Ah, it's brilliant player. You know what he what he used to do like when they would go up training, and this is a fact. I tell him to go for a walk. He'd go out for a half an hour walk, or else if a player could only kick with one foot when they were training, he'd make them take the shoe off, the boot off, the the good foot, and make him kick with the other. <laughs> because <laughs> you couldn't kick with your left foot if you were left footed because you'd have no boot on you'd have to try and kick with your right and that's how he used to do he was also the trainer for the Irish uh, rugby side you know the Ireland team 
great character. And he was a great runner uh, himself when he was in the army. Only a little fella. Another fan you knew well would have been Kitty Mellon. Ah, Kitty, yeah. Kitty, yeah. Kitty. I used to visit her in the a nursing home up in uh, Dean's Grange there. But Kitty, Kitty was brass. And Cindy, little Cindy. She used to, she used to have um, a, a thing of um, chocolate for him. And on a Sunday, when, when we used to play on the Sunday, he'd, he'd get all excited and looking for his little jacket. She had a red, green and white jacket for him. And he'd be looking for it. And she'd be, uh, next thing, whoosh, away to the match. Lovely person, lovely woman, and absolutely a darling, I would call her. We're coming back from Derry one time, and she wanted to go in and have a cup of tea, and the driver wouldn't stop. So she said she wanted to go to the toilet. So he had to stop in some town, and she went in for the cup of tea, and he said to her before she was going, you have 10 minutes, and she was about a half an hour. <laughs> And having her tea, and you go and looking for her. God love her. <laughs> it's great memory she had now when she was when she was over ninety, I think. And when I used to visit her up in the nursing home, and Robert Goggins she used to visit her as well. She was able to remember all the names in nineteen whatever nineteen thirty whatever it was. Great memory she had. I mean, Kitty, Kitty was always, I mean, Marion O'Hara too, Marion O'Hara, I, I remember her uh, a couple of occasions, and her brother and her father were uh, directors of Rovers, you know, and uh, um, to me, Milltown should never have went, that's my opinion, I mean, I I remember going to Louis Goodkind and saying to him, why not get the members to give at least 10 shillings a week in. And I was the first to think about that. Somebody took it away from me in the 400 club because I brought that, I brought that up. Uh, I don't want to say, oh God, it was his, but I did, I, I did. And Louis Kilcoyne said to me, oh, would well, I have to give shares out? We didn't want shares because at that time, they were at the selling players, um, John Cody, um, Liam O'Brien, um, Campbell, Liam Buckley. They were out to get money for them. And where did it go? I mean, there was 60-odd thousand with this and 50-odd for that, you know. And where did all that money go to? It could have went into, it didn't go into Rovers, it went somewhere else. So they were moaning about the crowds had dropped off in Milltown, and that was the time they were winning everything, like you know. But the television was ruining that. And I said, as I said to him, I suggested to Louis the members to pay something every week, make it have a club, and that you pay into it. But he he rejected that. And the next thing, they wanted it. They wanted the place for housing anyway. It made no difference whether we're having. 20,000 every week in it, they were going to sell that place. And the Jesuits actually always maintained that it was always for sport. But they wouldn't sell it to the Cunninghams when the Cunninghams wanted to, to have an all-seater uh, ground there and covered in all around, and they wouldn't sell it to them. But Kilcoins 
were destined. They, they knew bloody well what they were doing. They were going to sell it for that. I've only passed up that way once. I'd never go up. I, I just made a mistake one time. I, I drove up the wrong way to pass Glenmalure Park. I didn't want to pass. I never, once only, and that, that was a mistake. I'll never go up that way again. As long as I did. It just hurt even to see the the monument. I didn't didn't see the monument, and I should I should have been there for when it was, but I didn't go up. I wouldn't go. I just because uh, it would still be painful. It would be, yeah, yeah. When I made that mistake driving up that, which is, I nearly nearly ran into a wall, but not looking where it was going. <laughs> oh no, no, too painful that was to me. It was. There's a lot of other people too. A lot of people that's dead now that were Rovers supporters, they never went back to see Rovers playing. Did you ever meet the Kilcoynes and the Cunninghams, some of our, our owners over the years? I met Louis Kilcoyne in the Marion Inn because an ex-Rover player, Pat Lynch, Pat Lynch played in, in the, the late 90s, no, no, the late, early 50s, when Paddy Daly went to Aston Villa, um, Pat Lynch went centre-half. He was on the C team at the time. But anyway, I was very friendly with him, and he used to go into the Marion Inn every morning for a cup of coffee. And Louis Kilcoyne was used to be in there having his breakfast or whatever it was. And he said, oh, Pat said, I met a friend of yours, and he was... That was me. And Louis Kikon said, oh, yeah, Joe, tell him I'd love to see him. So I went down to see him one time. And I said to him, if any of them ever hear that I was down here with you, they kill me. <laughs> and he maintained that it was his brothers, Barton and the other brother that sold the place, that he had no say in it. That was his words, not mine. And I think you mentioned earlier the Dunleary Four. So tell us who you always went to the games with. Your four, your the your three mates. Who did I went, go to the games with? Well, years ago in Milltown, I I really went with my two sons. Like you know, when I when when I had two young lads. But before that, I used to go with a fella called Pat McDermott out farm, and uh, then. When we moved different places, I start going with uh, Mick McCarthy, uh, the senator, <laughs> and uh, then who did I go with then? Um, oh, Robbie Horgan's father, Noel Horgan, um, and uh, who else? Young Browse. Uh, he's dead now, and he had he had the crutches. He was great for me for getting across the roads because I used to get in a, he, with his crutches. I was able to stop the traffic <laughs> and get across. But then eventually I started going with um, three fellas: Peter, um, Peter of Dunleary, um, Peter. Herden's his name is uh, Herden, I think his name is. Sorry about that, but you know. Um, then there was um, Kevin Downs, um, Jim 
McLone, which has passed away. And that was the four of us. We always went together in one car, saved the petrol, saved, you know, one car up. But um, there's only three of us left, and one fella is not well at the moment. He's had a very bad operation, and he's to remove a tumour off his brain. Hopefully, he'll be able to go back to it. But they were, they, they, they always called us the four Dundariers, and Sean, um, Sean Flanagan is, I think his name was, he died there the year before last, I think it was. He always called us the Musketeers. <laughs> yeah. But that, you know, I know so many people, Rovers supporters, but I don't know their names. They know me, but I don't know their names. You know, then Joe, Joe, but I don't know their names. And I hate that. Big Deck, now, Big Deck was always... Big Deck, I would say, Joe Barnes, a legend, and he was the legend, not me. <laughs> I love Big Deck. He always got a big hug of him every time I, he met him. And if anybody saw him, you'd think he was a big roughkin, but he was a lovely, big, cuddly fella. You know, God love him. Yeah. Loved him. I loved him. And you're always telling Robert how much you love the, the program. Hoop scene, you're a big fan of, of the, the Rovers oh. program. Oh, yeah. Robert Goggins, oh jeez, Mary and Joseph. <laughs> He'd hate me saying this, but he never smiled, but he wrote the best programs, and I always told him that, a great program. I even had to get him back out of retirement to make the programs again, because they weren't crap. <laughs> and you do a good job, I have to say that. You What's your spot in the stand in Tala? Where do you always sit every Friday? I sit in the the F section. I used to call them the Premier Club <laughs> till uh, somebody decided that we were getting something for nothing. So at the time we were playing twelve hundred quid for the seat, and you got a free program and a cup of tea. That's what you got free. And there was one individual at one of the meetings. He said that we were, we were getting too much. And I said, "Well, you can have the same if you pay twelve hundred quid for it." See, in the, you never, you know, being a member, I always bought my season ticket, even though I could have got it. You know, you could get it for nothing at one time. But I, I always bought my season ticket. Sometimes I bought two season tickets but um rovers needed the money so and i was i paid it my at the time i paid uh, so many thousand out you know to start off with you know maybe couldn't afford it but i did it <laughs> and uh to me i love joe Caldwell always said i would have my own seat he always said that uh, you'll have your name on it and your seat will be there for you. So I get annoyed when you're not able to sit there when the European things, you have to go somewhere else. And you're in somebody else's seat if you go somewhere else. So um, I do get in a bit annoyed about that because there's other people who's allowed to get in there, even though they're only members. And I'm 
us four were always put out. <laughs> and you know who I mean, do you? <laughs> I won't mention their names. You mentioned Joe Caldwell there. There was there was a few sort of unsung heroes, weren't there, who helped us on the road to getting that stadium built, Joe being one of them. I love Joe uh, as a person. I still keep in contact with his wife, Sheila. And um, Joe actually got into bad health over Rovers. And he was his business was going to the ground too. Joe uh, did everything himself. He, he didn't want any help from anybody, if you know what I mean. And I think it was too much for him. And he, he used to say to me, I'll get divorced. She'll leave me. She's always complaining about I'm using too much money on Rovers. But he had it, he just had it in there, like, you know. You know, he was a lovely man, actually. And unfortunately, I didn't see him before he died. Um, and I was away, actually. And um, Sheila uh, actually rang me to say that he was in is it a nursing home and I go to see him you know I could go to see him like go Joe she meant that he wasn't going to last and I was away and I couldn't see him and it kind of broke my heart because I would have loved to have seen him before he went you know he was a lovely person he really was now honestly I if if I if I wanted a brother he would be the guy that I would say him for my brother, like you know, a lovely man. Some people didn't didn't think that way about him. Some of his good friends actually deserted him. They did desert him, and I, I was quite surprised. Like you know, why I don't know. It's to do with I, I think it was to do with leaving Rovers or whatever. I don't know, but um, they did deserted him, and they, they didn't speak very good of him when he was gone. And I couldn't understand that because they were always with him. You know. Jesus, turn your back and you get a knife in it. And this is not the most famous interview you've ever done, Joe, because you've been interviewed by Russian TV. <laughs> and uh, we played Kazan, so tell us about that. Yeah. Well, I prefer doing this <laughs> because <laughs> I can say what I like. <laughs> but um, I will be a Rovers fan till I die I won't I'll have my scarf hanging out of the coffin I'll have players carry me in and the players carry me out and whether, whether they throw me out or not I don't know but I'd be always I'd, I'd probably green blood in me instead of red blood I'd be always I might give out about them at times I might give out about the structure there and all but I'm still a Rover fan. I love the fans. I love the fans, except a couple of them that cause trouble. For instance, the fella that threw the things down the water for Chicago, how many thousand pounds the, the club were fined. They don't realise that they're causing the club financially. That's the only thing. I mean, I, I give out about the FAI fellas that I told you but they haven't done anything yet they haven't censured me <laughs> but the interview in Russia how did, how did that go what, what was that like 
was quite good, but they couldn't understand me. <laughs> they thought I was only 70 years of age. They didn't know I was 70 years following them at that time. <laughs> and eventually, somebody got it through to them. <laughs> Some of the supporters said, you're 70, 70. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they were, they were quite nice. Like They were very nice fellas, but they, they hadn't got great English, you know. And I hadn't got great Russian either. <laughs> and you were saying off air there that you were actually in Ukraine two years ago. Uh, what was Ukraine like? Ukraine, I was there just before the COVID thing arrived. You know, it was 19, 2020 it was there. And I went there because my son-in-law, his father was a Ukrainian. Um, and we went back to see, he's dead like their father. And uh, it's one of the nicest countries I I've visited now. I've been around a lot. I've been South America, um, Africa, Egypt, whatever else I was, and a lot of European countries. But it's one of the nicest countries I was in. People, lovely people, very humble, hardworking people. They love their country. Um, and some of the lawyers, solicitors, barristers, whatever you want to call them, a lot of the top men came from Lviv. That's a university um, in that town in Lviv, and they, um, the um, Nuremberg trials uh, after the Second World War. A lot of the, they were Jewish. Um, they, they, drew up the charter for the Nuremberg trials, and they came from, from Lviv in. in Ukraine, and they were Jewish uh, people, but um, there was one word that they couldn't get in into the thing was genocide. And about three years after that, when there's any human rights thing, genocide is mentioned now. Like now, it's been mentioned about the war against the Ukrainians. If it ever goes to trial, like if Putin ever goes to trial, he'll be caught for genocide because a Ukrainian man brought that word in, into, into court now. So there you go. And my last question comes from Jim Conroy. Uh, you know Jim. He says, he has to ask you about your hair. hair. He wants to know how you've kept that head of hair intact after all these years. He says, you're the envy of all the elderly male Rovers fans. So what's your secret? Now, I tell you, my granny told me this, my mother's mother. In the morning when you get up, two slices of fry bread. And this is serious. I'm serious now. And if anybody knows Dunleary, they know Sally Nogan Hill. It's a very steep hill. And when you get your fry bread, after you had your fry bread and your porridge, Go over and run down Sally Nogan Hill backwards, and your hair stands up. And that's how I got it. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> and everybody can see me when, where is he? There he is up there <laughs> at the colour. Yeah, do you know who says that? Noel Horgan, you know, Robbie's father. <laughs> oh, there he is. <laughs> When he's watching television, he can see me. <laughs>
So Joe, um, a very honest account of one of his marriages <laughs> yeah. being ended by Rovers, which I can understand at times. That's being honest. I can understand that because it's my missus is known as the Rovers widow in the, in a, by her family. Yeah, he says he has great... And he still said he wouldn't take it back. He said he thought I'd pick Rovers again. <laughs> he says he has green blood in him. There ain't blood in him. Great bleed in the interview, yeah. bro. It really was. Yeah. Brought me back to... It didn't bring me back, but just listening to the man who watched all these players. Absolutely yeah. brilliant. Refuses to drive past Milltown. Um, One of those old school gentlemen who probably doesn't course. Strikes me as that type. Yeah, definitely. You know what I mean? Uh, I quite enjoyed the part about Kitty Mellon because I've wanted to feature her before but finding people to talk about her has been challenging And but he knew her quite well uh, Kitty died in June 2009 of course she was famous a famous uh, supporter and of course her little dog Cindy and uh, I found something funny actually Glenmore Gazette the Roberts fanzine uh she sent in a letter once in November 1988 complaining about a cartoon they did in their depiction of Cindy uh, saying that Cindy's fat basically so, <laughs> so she wrote the following letter to whom am I concerned I was shown a copy of the Gazette recently and was horrified to see the despicable cartoon of Cindy stating that she had got fat Cindy is well cared for and gets plenty of exercise and proper food and is by no means overweight. I take it as a gross insult from whoever did that cartoon. And a lot of my friends agree. It was certainly done in bad taste. Yes, that's K- it. Kitty Stick up your dog. Wouldn't happen with cats, prof. <laughs> you cat lovers wouldn't do that. Deadly. Brilliant stuff. So yeah, great stuff from Joe and Prof. Other results, Dundalk. Absolutely smacking the arse off. Draw the Bowes Tree, UCD nil, St. Pat's nil. Derry 4 and we had um, Stephen O'Donnell again so Stephen <coughs> we, we caught up with Stephen just outside in Shakur is he on the show again? yeah he's, he's coming a regular now I know so we thought we caught up with him so Stephen um, here it is Stephen uh, how, how do you think you're going on tonight? <laughs> <laughs> just give us a second yeah, I don't think we had the race tonight, bro. Just we might not good, you know. Oh God, I hate football. Doesn't agree with me, uh, Stephen. So um, your health is really, <laughs> really ill here. Um, do you think you should give up football? Oh Jesus, let's go to the game. Let's go to my four. Oh. It was four nil, Stephen. Oh, sick. <laughs> So, uh, yeah. That was Stevie O'Donnell. I don't think he with Don't think so. Um, Harps won't shells out here. Bluffer. Bluffer's shells. Bluffer's shells. Bluffer's shells getting spanked up on Harps. Late winner. Body buffet. What's going on? They're all over the shop. They're away for supposed to be great and then they're getting beaten what? by this mob. Why are you surprised though? Delighted. He ripped up the squad and started again. He's basically... He's basically Brad's at Rollers in 2017. <laughs> He shells till he does. Remember, we lost our first, like, lost six out of the first eight or something, yeah, something mad. Yeah, yeah, But here's the thing, like, let's. <sighs> I can't even talk about it. <laughs> but look at his squad. Why would he be winning every week with a new squad? Like, he's, he needs two seasons. Yeah. I don't even care about shells, how they do. I'm just, I'm not even trying to defend them. I'm just saying, it's quite, it's not surprising me at all <sighs> that they're 
up and down. Uh, our game's going to be on telly. I don't know how I feel about that. I don't think it's a good thing. Uh, the Derry game. Yeah, it will, it will take... Friday it will, week. It will take numbers off our attendance. No doubt about that. So I'm not happy with that, but... Well, we've no idea the circumstances around that game. It could be... Maybe Rory Higgins could be the wrong <laughs> manager. Coleslaw face could be... It could be somebody's first game. It could be somebody's last game. Either way, no, I, I don't think it'll affect the attendance. 2021 prof you were you were reeling you had to take the day off work today the 2021-22 United the Union Champions Cup has been cancelled because of scheduling issues no shit Sherlock shock horror who still has a ticket for this no that was the, the President's Cup that was the President's Cup the gaff Garrett it would be so easy to say I told you so so I'm gonna say I told you so <laughs> because from day fucking one I said this thing will be scrapped doomed Absolute shambles. Fucking doom. The worst <laughs> tournament organised <laughs> in the history of this island. That's that's saying a lot, man. <laughs> what about the chocolate biscuit cup? Whatever the fuck that thing was. No, that was, that was Scotland. Worse than that. So Green has won a golden month so far and well deserved left foot strike and shells at Tucker Park. And it's uh, Damien Duff shells. It's only uh, up a couple of hours though, so hopefully he's uh, going to take that one home. Yeah. Um, as for player of the month... Lions winning by a landslide at the moment, 75.5%. Ah, without a doubt. Sean Horror, 1.8%. Just might get there. There's a chance. <laughs> he saw his tweet. There's yeah. a chance. That was a cracker. Um, For Golden Month, I'm disappointed. Max Murphy, not among the four nominees. <laughs> uh, Agent Murphy, I mean, caught it perfectly. First time Sweet volley. Sweet volley. Keeper, no chance. No chance, yeah. Someone, um, when he scores, or that night of the game, uh, someone pointed out Andy Lyons he really didn't hold back on the celebrations when he scored and then the post below that yeah fair play to Max as well didn't celebrate his goal either <laughs> yeah, yeah it's a bit of respect <laughs> uh, the kid that threw objects at the physio and the injured player in Daily Mail is now banned so we can move on swiftly from that one good uh, uh, they should also ban uh, who Gertz in commentary described as the numpty who ran on in the Dundalk match? Oh, I wish two Pico two footed him. Just that would have made his day, wouldn't it? That was probably just a randomer. He's uh, never been to Rovers game in his no, life. Probably never no, wanted total, to go total again. Random, yeah, total random. But purely bought the ticket just to do that for yeah. TikTok. So we will move on from that. But they we, should bring in sanctions, right? That if someone does that, if they run on the pitch just to film themselves running on the pitch, you should be legally allowed to smash their phone. Yeah, yeah, or their face. <laughs> right, that's a bit extreme. But Smash the face. Yeah, because that would hurt him most of all. If he can't put that on TikTok, oh. that's how you crush him. Or, snatch it off. That's how you crush him. <laughs> snatch it off him. That's how you crush his dreams. That's how you crush him. Um, yeah, so we're going to talk about the big fucking African elephant in the room. This thing is parping away, tonking away it's in the corner. It's been in the corner there Parp for a while. Tonking. Uh, the Lincoln, the Lincoln, Lincoln have made a formal approach for Stephen Bradley, and he confirmed it um, Tuesday. So no, he confirmed that he's going to have yeah. open so, talks on Tuesday. First, so, first Haley and now Brad's are leaving me. Heartbreaking. Um, I'm not sure what to say about this because. Well, let's just lay out the order of events, right? This all escalated very quickly. Was it Monday this all started? I think it was Monday. 
so then the odds came out. I think Brazzer was twelve to one initially, and then when a matter of hours he was uh, four to one, and then he was what was it six to four. Ian Foster, the England nineteens manager, I think he's favour. I think even still now he's favour. And some weird names on the list as well. Joey Barden, Jonathan Woodgate, La- Landon, Landon Donovan. Landon Donovan is their strategic analyst at Lincoln City. What the fuck is that about? I didn't know that. But um, the Lincoln thing is not random. Uh, they've had people that are gained for a while. Yeah. They've had, they have two players on loan at Drogheda. So it's certainly not random. And they've been watching us, Prof. They have a vibrant form. So they must be a big club. That's how you judge clubs on their forms. Um, there's differences with the MK Dons thing in that Brazder was on MK Dons shortlist whereas in this case they've targeted Brazder as their number one choice so it's very different <sighs> so your thoughts okay right Brazder Brazder goes thanks for the memories he owes us nothing Thank owes us nothing no hard feelings but we well, have I, to move on and become a forward-thinking club once again and be able to move on and have a strategy to replace him. Let's say Cronin goes. That's our head coach and our manager gone. We need to be able to appoint the right person. And this is... We always say it's a fucking big appointment. This is a massive, massive appointment. We should say it's not confirmed as we're talking here, but it's moving so quickly. We don't want this podcast to sound outdated already. Yeah. But our feelings at the moment are... Me and the prof, we, we, de- we desperately want them to stay, yeah. but we're, we're, our feelings are it's going to happen. The rumblings that are going around in the background that me and the prof have gathered, and we've been talking all day and working that, and we think it's going to happen. So, no hard feelings for Brad. I thank him for all the memories, but it's all about what we have to do next. Who gets the job next? Who continues on? Continuity is one hundred percent the key. We cannot. To tear down the structures that we put in for the last five years it needs to be someone of the right mind frame the same mentality to come in and take the reins and continue going on now the idea of an outsider coming in and changing things it this is the most terrified i've been in a long time just that thought frightens me so much i just want i want someone to come in like if you're asking me who my choice is to be honest it's joey o'brien because he's worked under Brazzer. Bring he obviously back. has ambitions to coach. That's why he went to Shelburne. There was no room for him here, unfortunately, at the time. I don't, I don't think he even, even has his badges, but neither did Brazzer in 2016. Compared to the other options out there, Robbie Keane and all, all these names being spelled. Honestly, man, if Robbie Keane gets anywhere near our club, I will eat me on Mickey. Ah. <laughs> Honestly, I don't want that You're man... You're supposed to make that threat, though, if something happens that you don't think will happen. Or are you saying that you're, you'll be angry if it happens? I'll, so be, angry. I'll angrily eat me on Mickey. You're so angry, you'll eat your own Mickey. <laughs> it needs to be clarified. I don't want that I don't want that spoof or anywhere near the club. I really just think that... He, did you hear him? Like, nothing personal against a fellow. I just don't think he knows football. He's a good footballer years ago. Good finisher. Ireland's greatest ever. Blah, blah, blah. I don't think he has the brain to coach. Did you hear him on Monday Night Football? Did you hear him on, as a pundit? missed him now, didn't Fucking terrible. That's just an opinion. It's nothing personal. He's fucking shocking. He's not, he shouldn't be anywhere near the club. To me, Robbie Keane should be lumped in the same category as any other ex-Ireland international who's not managed the club. Kenny Cunningham, 
to me, Robbie Keane and Cunningham are the exact same. Just yep. because Keane is a more famous name and he has coached at Rolestone a few times. Joe Lapira. <laughs> Joe Lapira. Put him in there. Get Joe Lapira in. It's just as much fucking uh, uh, experience. But for me, I think to take the reins. Joey and Gertz, I think. Joey and Gertz, what a team. There'd be a combo now. Tag team champs. Now, but listen, we have we have all the good coaches. We've Ado, we've some fucking great coaches there. We'll, we'll worry about it. Well, we should be worrying about it now. Darren so. Glennon has started a GoFundMe for a tattoo removal. Oh, God. This day was coming. He knew it, though. He knew it was coming. <laughs> Just help people as uh, Harry and the Henderson. Yes. <laughs> um, did you get any... Barristool was coming up to you in work. I got one. Uh, one came up to me and said, "Your manager's leaving for Lincoln." That's just a. He just knows Lincoln as like a conference club from yeah. the. Twenty minutes later, Prof was in the disciplinary room with a smashed bridge of his nose after <laughs> throwing it into this person's face. <laughs> I mean, on paper, you're like Shamrock Rovers, Lincoln. But real football fans do their do their search or do their their history on their network and their homework and have a little look at the club. They're a, they're like a big enough little club, and they've got I think the last four seasons they've had nine thousand average attendance. There's about a hundred thousand in the town. They've a good wage budget. Um, American investors. It's 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 a it's if it happens, it's probably a good move financially if they, if they can make it happen from, and ultimately like if like let's say me and you got offered to go to the post in England because we're such good postmen which we are we got offered double our wages treble our wages to go to England you're probably going to think about it as much attachment to this place as we have and we have really really brought that place on man like we are <laughs> like we've turned on post to what it was into the Shamrock Rovers of the postal industry do you and, know what I mean and we were just about to break into the on post group stages in that's, Europe that's it just about to break into Europe yeah. there so we're we're the Brads and Cronin of the postal industry so if we got that offer which I'm sure is coming down the line soon I'm sure we we contemplate it and think about it well let's let's weigh up the what Brads would have been thinking like you would have been thinking I have to uproot my family yep I'm a I could be about to do three in a row. Yeah, we're just about to speak in a moment now that we're we're we are going to be seated in the Champions League, which is massive. So massive opportunity to finally break those group stages. And there was a quote from him, um recently about I can't remember when this was probably a couple of months ago because he's been asked about his future a few times, and the, the very last thing he said was, "I'm a firm believer in what will be will be." What's meant for you won't pass you by. Ooh. So when he said that, I, t- I took that to mean he believes in his own ability and the team's ability to finally reach that pinnacle of group stages. Yeah. And by then, people will take notice. So it's the timing is interesting. It's May. It's three months before the, the Champions League. So you kind of you have to weigh that up. But like you say, Lincoln... It's it's, just, it's not about is Lincoln bigger than Shamrock Rovers. No. It's about who, which is the stepping stone to a championship club. At the moment, you can't go from Shamrock Rovers to a championship club. No, it won't happen. You, Plus, have, I won't, you have to go this route. Yeah, I won't entertain any bullshit fucking idiots who don't know football and won't have an actual conversation that makes sense. So, if he does, you you gave all the positives of staying with Rovers. The positives of going to Lincoln, you could say you're going to be playing against Rooney's Derby 
You're going to be playing against Ipswich. A lot of big clubs. Derby, Ipswich, Portsmouth, Sunderland. League One is not what it used to be. These are some 30,000 fans in, at these mm-hmm. games. Big, big away days. Big clubs. Let's say Sunderland have a bad season, right? They finish 17th, just above the drop zone. Bradford gets to the playoffs. Narrowly misses out on promotion. Sunderland could have a look at him and say, look what he did. Bradford's manager Sunderland all of a sudden. Big club. You know, these are the steps that he could potentially think about in his head. This is this is ultimately what we've been discussing for the last 48 hours and what's going on in his mind, what he could possibly do. Well, you know what the culture is like over there. Uh, you have a bad six weeks and you're sacked. Yeah, yeah. But it just seems like by, by listening to what the owner is saying and what, like, there was a thing on BBC Radio Lincolnshire there where they were talking about uh, their search for a new manager. Unfortunately, it just seems like it could be a good fit. To what, like, the fact that they've targeted Brazzer and they've been looking at him for a while, they're obviously going to say the right things to Brazzer and that will pique his interest. And also, I think what a factor is you get the pre season. Most times when you're offered the big chance, it's it's when a club has sacked their manager in December and they're down near the bottom and you have to go in there and get instant results and keep them up. He would get a pre-season here. Yeah. Or what we could what we could say is that we get Garth in and we get Joey in till December. Brazzer has a terrible time over there. <laughs> The boys are into him. We get Brad's are back by Christmas. Happy Christmas! <laughs> it's all up here, bro. Well, that's the risk Brad's has to take, isn't it? I mean, if it doesn't work out and we have a new manager who does well and then that position is filled, where does he go from there? But these are all the things he has to weigh up. But we obviously... We, we would expect Brad's to do okay here, wouldn't we? I'd expect him to do well, but... It's cultural, prof. It is very cultural, and we we know that maybe the English are they going to give him the time if he starts to struggle mm. three four months in? Are they going to? They're not going to let their club get relegated, are they? Consider yeah, considering they finished seventeenth this year, they were in the playoffs the previous year. They obviously have ambitions to go to the championship. I think they haven't played at that level since nineteen sixty one. I read. So, that's what their ambitions are. They they looked at the likes of. Um, what what clubs recently have sort of hopped up two divisions? You know those ones. Oh yeah, like a Bournemouth or yeah. yeah, something like that. Yeah, that's obviously the the grand plan. Okay, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna put this to you, and I'm gonna get. I want you to procure a staff for me, prof. Ooh. What club has lost their manager midway through a season and still won the league? Wow. Let the fans think about that one. Let all our listeners have a little think about that and come back with us. Hit us on Twitter at Eastland Pod. Hit us on Instagram, Testing Eastland. Can you think of a team that has won the league while they lost their manager midway through the season? I might have just lost a couple of listeners with that one, Prof. <laughs> well, there was the example, of course, of Ian Barraclough coming in after Paul Cook. And the way Paul Cook had that whole squad assembled, it was quite an easy transition. But that was the start of the season. In this case, it's going to be uh, May. So I'd be interested to know if that's ever happened before. In terms of who he takes with him, if he goes... Oh, I didn't fucking, we didn't discuss this. Garrett, or, um, Glenn Cronin. 
is obviously part of the package. Steve McPhail apparently is in Lincoln's uh, plan to hire Brazzer, whereas it's we don't know is McPhail hands gonna, off Mike go or not go. Um, from what we hear, McPhail is quite settled in Ireland. So, and then there's also the manner of taking uh, our players. That also gives me nightmares. The idea of Jack and Pigo going ripping the heart out of this team. So, oh god, oh, can we move on? Properly? How many think? How many people think of just off themselves? Listen to this for the last twenty minutes. It's so much to take in. <laughs> so Liverpool beating Villarreal and the Russian clubs being banned from UEFA competition confirmed that Rovers are seeded in next season's Champion League first qualifying round. So, um, Prof, when was Brazzer's debut? It was a European game. Are you still talking about Brazzer? So the new manager, if we have a new manager, uh, his first game could be Europe. Dun, dun, dun. Mm. Too far away. But either way, you know what I was getting at. I think if this is happening, it's going to be in the next week. Things move fast, don't they? Yeah. Uh, like, when is their pre-season starts? Like, May, June or whatever. But we Pat Devlin and the Bray Ultras trying to fight fans. Um, Pat Devlin leading the mob. Did you see him saying, come down here? Come down here and say that. <laughs> and then he's like, come on, he's taking photos of them and all. What was the taking photos part of the bill? No idea. What's, who's going to show them? The, here, please, man. He told me he wants me out. Maybe he's texting the six-year-old woman who was filming me marching. <laughs> yeah. Like, look at this family marching. They're in a marching. WhatsApp group together. That's what yeah. it is. Trying to get us all. I was. I couldn't believe that was real. I was watching it. I was like, is that? Is that really Pat Devon? Unbelievable. Um, so we the Rovers under the 19s. They won 3-0 in that long. 17s beat Carl Kilkenny 5-0 at Roadstone. 15s beat Trotter 7-0. And um, the women's under 19s beat Bray 5-0 at Greystone. So good. Uh, loads of goals, bro. And the fixtures coming up on the 19s at home to UCD in the Cup with 3pm on Sunday. 17s are away to Wexford on Saturday as far as we know. And the 15s are away to UCD on Saturday. Marley Park 4pm. And the women's under 19s are home to DLR Waves on Sunday. Tough game there, Prof. 3pm. And the women's under 17s are Carl Kilkenny away in the Cup on Saturday. So a tough away game on the road and for the inter- ladies. Interestingly, this is the first time the women's under 19s are playing at home in Tata Stadium. Oh, what? So, yes. Let's debut. Get yeah. on down for it. There's a milestone. And of course, we have young super hoop Lexi, uh, Danielle, who saved my skin in Sligo. Uh, her Are daughter. Are you Shams? <laughs> Are you Shams? Danielle's daughter is playing bowls at 10 a.m. Sunday morning. And she was made up last time. She got a show on the podcast after scoring a brace against them. <laughs> and yes, they beat them. 13 nil last time, prop. 13 nil. They beat the bows. Uh, so all the best Lexi from the two boys at Tifties and good luck hopefully it's a hat-trick this time and of course Mammy is a tenner for every goal isn't that right and of course Mr Tutty as well so tenner for each goal yeah best luck Lexi uh, let's tonk balls again <laughs> <laughs> so Prof here's my favourite part of the show it's the quiz before you begin here Garrett there was only one reply to my quiz on Twitter uh, well sorry Someone said he got 5 out of 10. But the only other reply was a random Sunderland fan who said, Release a statement if you are giving Bradley permission to speak to Lincoln. So that sums up what a sort of day Tuesday was. Uh, no one gave a shite he was waiting. Quiz. He was waiting on your response. <laughs> Alright Prof, 3 minutes, 10 questions. And I didn't see anybody. See, I have to stay away from the WhatsApp group on a, on a Tuesday. Because I know it's coming out. So I'm going for it. 
Here we go. Play oh, quiz. I like the dedication. What full-time job did Ray Kenny hold down while helping Rovers win the 2006 First Division? Lumberjack, policeman, builder, fireman. I love the way he threw all these random YMCA <laughs> jobs in. It was a fireman because I remember watching them. They were playing bowls. Name Rovers assistant manager in 1994. Title winning season. Tony Mack and Terry Everson. Noel Campbell, Noel Sinnott. Terry Everson is ringing a bell here. I'm going to say Terry Everson. No, Tony Mack and would never have got it. Dylan Watts was once in the books of which Premier League club? Everton, Man City, Leeds, Leicester. Leicester, I remember being on loan at Bowes. Which of these players has not scored a goal since the start of the 2020 season? Lee Grace, Neil Frugge, Gary O'Neill, Sean Cavanagh. Not scored a goal since the start of the 2020 season. Invincible season. Start of it. Hasn't scored since then. So his last goal was 2019. 2019. Oh, uh, oh Gary O'Neill. Oh, Sean Cavanagh. Which of these teams have won a Premier Division game at Tallet Stadium before? None of them. UCD, Finn Harps, Drada have won. They've won. won. Draw it. Draw to beat us before. Yes. Come on. Crowdy's last home game in church. Yeah. Uh, Rovers four step on the way to 2019 FAO Cup Glory. was a 1-0 win over which side in the first round. Ooh. Galway. Draw to Finn Harps. Glenville. Glenville sticking out for me. Why is Glenville sticking out? Prof. I'm going for Glenville. No. Finn Harps. Glenville was the previous year. Who scored the winning goal of that day? Dan Carr, Orhan Vujic. Or Aaron Green, Aaron McAneff. Ooh. Finn Harps at home. Dan Carr. Oh, oh, oh. Come on. which of these former Rovers players never permanently signed for Finn Harps Sean Boyd Michael O'Connor Richard Brush Jody Bourne oh, so never you just did throw in Jody there didn't you never permanently Sean, signed for Sean, Harps Sean did Sean no wait never did never. only on loan mm, Jody Bourne no Michael O'Connor only on loan Ollie Horgan's first game against Rovers was in the 2000 FAO Cup which he managed which club Ollie Horgan married someone else Yep. Oh, Carrick, Kuldaf, Fanned, Douglas Hall. Uh, he's from. He's Galway, is he? Kuldaf, Kuldaf is Sligo prof. Carrick United would be. Car- Fanned is Donegal. Douglas Hall. I'll go Fanned. Yes! Yeah, How cool. many. That was a process of an elimination job there. How many Rovers games did Rovers play? In, I'm, I'm getting down to the timer here. How many Rovers games. Or how many games did Rovers play in the month of April? Ooh, five. No, six. Jeez, I'm doing well here with the time. Five out of ten. Not bad. 5 out of 10 couple of, couple of guesses Not bad Kuldaf are also in Donegal by the way Yeah Prof We know these things <laughs> So that's 5 out of 10 Another fucking chaotic quiz there <laughs> Thoroughly entertaining as always Turner's next up for this one Turner's next up live So up next we have a very very interesting Start 11s and predictions <laughs> So Prof Uh who <laughs> could be fucking us picking it? Um, oh. I, d- I don't know. I really don't. We're playing at home to Finn Harps. Fucking Cuzo up front. I don't know. Mick Bourne. Mm-hmm. Fucking Pat Bourne. Uh, Mark Lynch centre half. Hooperman right wing back. Chris McCann up front for me. Gary P and Prof in the middle. Um, <sighs> I actually, actually don't. I'm I'm struggling here because of. The but this is your favorite part of the show. Current circumstances, you know. So, ugh. listen, we'll go. We'll go. Manus, Pico, Grace, Lopez, Cavo, Lions, Tell, Gary O'Neill, Jack, Danny, Gaff, three 0 And Sligo prediction. One nil. home Sligo one nil. Close one nil. Playing Sligo twice in ten days. I know. Yeah. Same with Derry and Pat. Quite odd. 
Uh, yeah, same team. Um, prediction. <laughs> I, I've been promising a tonking for a while, haven't I? But I think you're right. I think there's are we? We might. Are we primed for a tonking? Given what's going on in the background. I wouldn't mind now tonk myself. Are the, are the circumstances not suitable to a tonking at the moment? I'm so, I'm going to say it, right? 4 0. 4 0 win harps. 4 0 win harps? Over harps. All right. Um, Sligo, we're finally going to beat them this time. 2 1 win. Okay, so that's it for that one. So a good start by Cozo uh, on Monday. <laughs> uh, big congrats to Rob Lavelle. Um, I was trying to think of some way to slag him here, but that's. PC but I can't uh, and Laura O'Malley who are getting married in Castle Bar on Friday the day of the Harps game and there's a mob of us going down prof I'm going to whip out me, uh, me Rovers toy for this one and uh, so <coughs> congrats to Rob and Laura yeah two of our favourite people tipped you so delighted for them hope they have a great day uh, Mazel Tov Mazel <laughs> I get you some programmes prof and the prof has a point to make on hoops mm. prof won't hit just one thing on Rob actually um that was his idea of the Benzema Real Madrid jersey. People thought that was real, didn't they? <laughs> yeah. He did up a mock thing for uh, basically copying the you know, the Bob Marley ball jersey. The programme, so you heard uh, Joe Barnes talk about the programme there. He kind of jokes saying, I had, to, I had to get Robert Goggins out of retirement because he said the programme had gone crap. So his words, not mine. When, when had it gone crap? In 2016. Jesus. Up until that point. So, I'm not trying to offend anybody here. Uh, obviously, editors in different times have had to face different sorts of budget constraints. They may not be able to put as much time and energy into the programme as, as they would like. So, I'm not here to slag people. I'm just here to state the facts. I'm going to tell you what a programme was like before Robert Goggins returned as editor yeah so I'm going to flick through a program from that basically just before he took over and uh, I should point out this program is 38 pages and we've since bumped up to uh, 56 so there is extra pages to fill so obviously there's going to be more content but in a lot of cases it's like you know my article has gone from 1 to 2 pages I've added another article. Still my, more content though. My Dara has gone from two to three. But my point is, <clears throat> the page, the number of pages isn't going to explain what I'm about to tell you. <laughs> but, um, so yeah, just, just quickly now, right? So here's a program from Finn Harps at Home, May, <clears throat> May 2016. Thanks, prof. First page, uh, a welcome from the board. So on the first page, just a quick welcome to Harps. A couple of bits and bobs of news. Second page, bits of news, mascots, birthdays and stuff. <clears throat> Two pages on Finn Harps, the opposition. Uh, McDara's interview with Gary Shaw is four pages, which I've, I wasn't expecting that. Um, oh, Ginger way, Assassin, full content. Oh, by the way, I'm supposed to be calling out the ads as well. So after the board, ad, news, ad. McDara, or sorry, opposition, page, two pages, ad. Another ad. Gary Shaw, four pages. Add a uh, couple of pictures from our cup in over Milton. Add. Add two pages, Gavin Brennan poster. Add. Eyes are burning. <laughs> Add quiz, player sponsorship, two pages. Add 
Robert Goggins has a page, two pages on Mark Kenny. Add. Robert Goggins has two pages on the Academy, which he's always done. Add. Uh, stats, appearance and goal scores. Add. Results. Stats again. Um, the square and adverts. The team lineups. And the last page, the usual like stadium regulations. Yeah. Add. And right. Add again. That is program right before uh, Robert Goggins took over as editor. So now I'm going to read out to you what is in uh, Friday's program. Oh, uh, home to harps, right? So same thing. I'll tell you if there's an ad or content or whatever. So on the cover, we have uh, Barry Cotter this week. Right. Page one, ad. Next, Welcome to Tyler from the board. Mm-hmm. Usual stuff. Uh, Stephen Bradley, a manager piece. There wasn't a manager piece in that program, I just told okay. you. Add. Uh, from the editor. Uh, it's actually me doing it this week. Oh, Robert God. asked me to do it once or twice a season. Next, we have an ad from Manscaped. Uh, another ad. Then we have bits and bobs of news, mascots and stuff. Then we have my article. House in the East End, two pages. Then we have Opposition, Harps. Then we have an ad. McDara's interview with Rory Gaffney, one, two, three pages. Bumper. Then an ad. Uh, Robert Goggins has an article, I'm not sure what that's about, but he usually does something different each week. Ad. Interview done by uh, Phelan Warren. He's interviewing John Dunn. So interviewing with a fan. Ad. The literary genius that is Jason Maloney. So this is remember Maloney's article last week yeah. got butchered, so it's a reprint of that. Lovely. Uh, then we have an ad. Then we have Ryan Legrew spot kicks with Dylan Watts. So a quick Q and A with Dylan Watts. Crazy. Advert. Another ad. The team lineups. Uh, two pages of stats from me there. Monster stats from the results and lineups. Robert has somehow squeezed in more content on my stats. Uh, on Pat Carton. Uh What used to happen with my article was it would be one and a half pages because the bottom half would be ads. And then we have team lineups, ad, uh, more stats, appearances, ad. Uh, Dan Cleary has an article on know the rules because he's a former referee himself. Ah, so, good stuff. So each week he uh, writes about rules oh, I like that you might not know. Robert Gardens has a page on Sean Gannon, Heroes of Our Time. Opposition, Sliger Rovers, because it's a double double program this week, playing them on Monday. Ad, Halftime Quiz, another ad. Player Sponsors, two pages. Uh, a two-page article done by me with former player Ray Kenny. A, You're on fire here, bro. A Q&A. And this is a new one, Tommy Tarmy writing in the program. A look back to 100 years ago. Take my money. Two pages. We're still going here. Robert Goggins, the RDS years. Two pages. Robert Goggins on the Academy. One page. James Lowe, the lowdown. He's writing about traveling to Sligo, Harps, Derry, the away buses and all that. When was the last time I said ad, by the way? Ad there. Uh, ad. Page on becoming a Robbers member. Bill Gleason, Junior Hoops News. And the last many, page. I'd say the grammar that was terrible. <laughs> Absolutely. That's what the delay was, wasn't it? Now, so you compare telling me that. Yeah. 
There's no comparing a prof. That is Robert Goggins all over. Mm-hmm. Excellent stuff. Well done, Rob. That's a magazine for five euros. A fucking magazine, yeah. And the five euros right as well. So there you go. Yeah, so um, that is it pretty much. So before we're going to go, we're going to hear some happy birthdays. Uh, five good mates of Joe Barnes. Peter Eccles, it's an all-star cast. Best physical five side. Well, apart from probably from the GOG. <laughs> the GOG's a good goalie. Peter Eccles, Mick Bourne, Jim Conroy. Jim Conroy, Robert Goggins and Kevin McGlone. Yeah, so here, lads. This is only about 12 minutes, but well worth it. And believe it or not, Jim Conroy, his input is the second shortest out of the five. Nice. What odds would you get on that? So here's the five. Hello, Joe. Peter Reckles here. How are you? Just wishing you a happy birthday, Joe. Uh, God, Joe, we go back go back a long time, back into the 80s and the 90s. We had some good nights, Joe. Some absolute smashing nights in the early mornings. It was always great fun to be with, Joe. We always had a, a great laugh. And we always solved the world's problems with a few drinks. But more importantly, we always sorted Rovers out with a good team. Joe, you're always a pleasure to be with. You always had a smile on your face. Good chat. And Joe, fairness, players come and go with Rovers. And uh, some players have remembered, remembered fondly. But Joe, a lot of supporters are there for the long haul. And you're one of the all-time greats, Joe. And uh, you're a legend, Joe, in my eyes anyway. I think the world of you, Joe. Happy birthday. God bless. And I hope you meet for a point sometime soon. See you, Joe. Take care. Keep on hooping. Hello there, it's Mick Bourne here, just uh, I want to give a big uh, happy birthday to Joe Barnes, um, met Joe back in the day, in the Milltown days and uh, we got on really, really well, um, Joe's been a true uh, Shamrock Rover supporter as long as I know him and always in good form. Um, just one of those guys that you you know you relate to in football. Um, big Rovers supporter, um, and he, I don't think he's ever said a bad word about any any players or anything like that. As as, as you know, I I, I coached and managed uh, Chamac Rovers, and he was always always backed me all the way. Um, great relationship. See him. Every time home games, I'm up there. He's he's there, has a chat with him, um, and we've had a connection as well, which with uh, Huddersfield Town, where he has relations over there, and he comes heads over there and gets me, picks me up a, a an odd program here and there. But we're on, really want to wish him a, a big happy birthday. Great lad, and sometimes when you you play for Shamrock Rovers, you be you can be called a legend, um, but this guy is definitely. Uh, a Rovers legend uh, so I want to wish him all the best and have a great birthday Joe cheers mate Hi Jim Conroy here I'm really honoured to be asked to pay a birthday tribute to my old friend Joe Barnes I have always been inspired by the older generation of Hoops fans who stuck with the club through Tick and Tin and of course Tinner I know John won't mind me putting him in that category he has been following Rovers a long time, as far as I know, back to the 1940s. I know Joe a long time, and he's up there with the best Rovers and football men I have ever met. He loves Rovers and he loves the game, although his love of West Brom instead of Aston Villa has always mystified me. 
we have had some great banter over the villa and the baggies over the years. I have never met Joe in bad form or without a smile. It always pleases me to see Joe relishing the joys of Tallis Stadium. He really deserves to. Joe was also a great friend of my late brother, John. I have never forgotten how gentle and kind Joe was at the time of John's passing. Joe, you're a great bloke. Have a great birthday and keep on hooping. Robert Goggins here. Joe Barnes is one of those Rovers fans I feel I've known all my life, and yet that is not quite so. I didn't know Joe back in the Milltown days, but when Carl asked me to say some words about Joe for the podcast, I didn't have any difficulty in recalling the time I first met him. My association, I would actually say very good friendship with Joe, began during the club's first season at the RDS, so that was the 1990-91 season. Around that time, I was without a set of wheels for a short while, and I used to get a lift to the ground on Sundays from a wonderful, now-deceased Rovers fan by the name of Jim Stapleton, whom Joe would have known very well too. Jim liked to sit in the seats behind the director's box in the Simon Court stand, and that was the stand that, on the opposite side, to where most of where the crowd used to go at the RDS. Joe also liked to sit there and probably keep him one eye on my left home after the game. That said, with a bit of tongue-in-cheek, of course, I would make sure that I sat close to Jim Stapleton. Joe made a very good impression on me right from the start. Always a radiant type of character. Genuine person and not the type you would ever want to cross the road to the other side just to avoid. Uh, Joe's love for Rovers is strong now as the first day he began following the club when he was just a nipper. Conversations with him are always pleasant. Can't say I've ever heard him talk particularly badly about anyone. He just loves everything Rovers. I remember Saturday afternoons at the RDS when the B team would be playing and Joe would always be there. Maybe it's because I still have the photograph, but an occasion that sticks out in my mind is the time that the Ireland on the 20 side were preparing for the World Finals in Malaysia in 1997. I went to draw to see the team play friendly against the United Arab Emirates, I think it was. Joe was there holding up an A4 poster that said, No to Wimbledon in Dublin. People who are familiar with the proposal to bring Wimbledon FC to Dublin will remember what that was about. Uh, like the rest of us knew, Joe, like the rest of us, knew only too well the damage that would have caused to our league. I've always known Joe as a passionate West Brom fan, so I guess he didn't have a problem with English football so long as he stayed in England. In later years, I used to travel to away games with Joe and the Shamrock Rovers Supporters Club bus. He was on one such trip in 2001 when we went to a cafe in Fermoy on the way to Turner's Cross that he told me he was the captain of a merchant navy ship. It was funny in a way because it was something I never thought of asking him about as our conversations always centred around rovers and football. Joe has always had a good heart and both of us went together several times to visit the late Mitty Kitty Mellon during her years in a nursing home. Like all of us, when things are not going well on the pitch, Joe would be a bit down, but I never saw him so caught up as much as he was the day last year when the late great Jim McGlone was buried at Mount Jerome Cemetery. Together with Kevin Downey, Peter Heron and the late Joe Bourne, Joe Barnes and Jim McGlone were what I would call the Dunleary Mafia. They would arrive at the ground together and they formed a formidable group as they would make their way up to their seats. Joe is a standout character. Two of them are gone now, 
to that great football pitch up in the sky, but thankfully Joe is still with us and still passionately supporting the hoops. He has an impressive lifetime of following the club and he has seen nearly all the greats, including his favourites Paddy Codd, Peter Eccles and Pat Bourne. Always dressed well and looking like the chairman of a premiership club. I used to call him Ron Atkinson because that's who he used to remind me of. But of course, he is Joe Barnes, not Ron Atkinson or anybody else. And anyone who has ever come across him in life will of course know he is Joe Barnes. I understand he will be celebrating his birthday around this time, so that just leaves me to wish Joe a very happy birthday. And sure, we could do something special for the big 9-0 next year. Hard to believe that, since this man seems to have the secret of eternal youth. I reckon that's down to his positivity and, of course, his love for Shamrock Rovers. Hiya, lads. This is Kevin McGlone here, and I'm delighted. I was delighted to be asked to say a few words for Joe Barnes's birthday. Um, Joe, as you know, is a great hoop. It's been going in a long time, and so first of all, I wish Joe a happy birthday. I'm not sure exactly how old Joe is. I know it's somewhere between somewhere between 84 and 112, but we can't. I haven't narrowed it down just yet. It's one of those things in folklore. And um, personally, I know Joe on and off for maybe around 20 years or so, but I know he's been friends with me. He was friends with me dad, my late dad who passed away last year, Jimmy McGlone. There was Joe, Kevin Downs, Peter Heron, and my dad, and they've been going to matches together for a long, long time. They all hail from around the same area, Southside over in Dunleary. So they've been going to games for a long time, and to away matches as well, European games. And they go out for meals together as a group, so I've got to know Joe fairly well over the last number of years. Um, how would I describe Joe? A couple of little things. Joe, he's, he's silver-haired, silver-tongued, and a brass neck. I think they would be some of the best ways to describe Joe. There's a couple of little tales about Joe that'll show you what I mean. Um, I remember the lads were telling me in Prague at one of the European games, they were walking along one afternoon, and they were walking by a church, I think it was, and there was a wedding party outside on the steps. So Joe, being Joe, decided to go over and introduce himself as Joe from Ireland. He was over there for a football match and he asked would he be allowed to give the bride her first kiss. So he did so, the amazement of everyone in the party, shook hands with the groom and off they went on, on their merry way. And another one in um, <clears throat> in London at the Spurs game in 2010 or 11, whenever it was, they, before the game, there was me, me dad and Joe and Peter and Tegan and Kevin and they went into a pub around four o'clock, four thirty-five o'clock to get some food. And the girl was saying, Sorry, we don't we don't do food until seven PM, you know, so there's nothing we can do. Um Joe turned around and said to the girl, Do you know your your mother wouldn't be very happy now if she knew you didn't give me food? And the girl says, Do, do you know me mum? And Joe said, Do I know your mum? He said, Of course I know your mum. He said, I know her really well. So the girl says, Hang on a sec. Off she goes into the back, has a word to whoever the chef comes back out and said to the lads, sit over there. She said, I'll be able to sort you out now really quick. So um, that's that's Joe all over. Another one as well. And I remember this as well. One of the times a few years ago when Delaney was still, John Delaney was still involved with the FAI, um, sitting in the seats that they sit in, the VIP seats, so to speak, in Tallaght. John Delaney was walking in in front of him with his cronies. And Joe let her order out. Hey, John, what are you doing here? He says, Man United aren't playing tonight. He says, You must have it wrong. And Delaney, he didn't know what to do. You know, there's not much you can kind of say to Joe. He's the elder statesman. He has the respect of everybody. So that was another funny little story. He's a great Rovers fan, Joe, and he's a great character. He's well known and he's well liked by everybody who knows him. He seems to know and be friends with so many people. 
and every ex-player, like I sit up with Joe now in, at a lot of the games and every ex-player that comes along to the games, you all know Joe and give him a wave and have a chat with him, you know. And I believe he is and Joe would have a few untold stories about nights out with some of these same players from a few years ago. So maybe he'll regale you with some of those himself. So look, a happy birthday to Joe, who at this stage must be one of our longest supporting hoops. And I look forward to many more years watching games with Joe and dropping him into games and just following Joe or following Rovers with Joe all over Europe. So happy birthday, Joe. And long may, you know, many more years following the hoops. Also, can I just say, lads, one of this gang that we talked about, Kevin, like Joe Barnes, me dad, Kevin Downs and Peter Heron. Kevin at the moment is a little bit under the weather. He's a little bit unwell and he's in Bowmount Hospital as we speak. So I'd just like to wish Kevin, and I know Joe would be exactly the same, I'd just like to wish him a speedy recovery and we look forward to seeing Kevin sitting back up in the seats with Joe and Peter very soon in Tala. So thanks very much, lads, and happy birthday, Joe. So some great stuff there from Peter Eccles and Mick Bourne and the lads, a few drinking partners in there as well, Prof. So... Um, yeah, his face lit up as soon as I brought up Peter Eccles. You could just see all the stories come yeah, back to him. Yeah. And I'll leave you one more story about the legend that is Joe Barnes, because he is an absolute legend, this man. Um, He gave me and Kane went out there to Black Rock for the, to do the documentary with him. And uh, he gave us a lift back. And uh, he was telling us, telling all the stories that maybe <laughs> I would have liked hearing on the show about being at sea. And he just started launching into them. And he said, Said I met the Queen once. He just that's that was his opening gambit. I met the Queen, and he goes, "It's one of those uh, anniversary things, like twenty fifth anniversary." And so she came onto the ship, and they were all given very strict instructions about how to behave around royalty. It says you either gonna line up like this, and put your hands here. You're not gonna say a single word. You don't speak unless spoken to. She'll go around. Listen to this, shy. She'll go around and shake each person's hand, and that'll be it. That's all you do. That's what's expected of you. So she comes on, along the line of of the crew, shakes all their hands, comes all the way down to Joe Barnes with the Queen, and he goes, "How's it going?" <laughs> What's she say? <laughs> I'm quite fine right now. Charles was with her. He, he said he didn't look too impressed at all. Charlie, huh? <laughs> um, so that, that sums up, John. Yeah. So that's it for this week, Prof. He uh, got a lot of trouble for that, by the way. He got a lot of trouble, did he? <laughs> was he what do they call it when you're in, at the scene and you get in trouble? In the brig. Court martial. In the brig. <laughs> in the brig. Uh, so yeah. that is it for this week. A, a very, very strange show this week, Prof. We are. I don't bring it down again. Right? I don't know. What, I don't we ended on a happy note. I don't know there. what to say. You can't. You can't. I don't know. Let don't Joe know. make you happy. Oh, okay. So that's it. We hope we won't see it in Block X this week. We're at a wedding. Watching the Lavelles get married. So keep on hoping if you can. See ya. Been following this club over eighty years. Where do you see the club in twenty years' time? Like what? What do you think our prospects are? Do you think things are going to go right, or could there be any wrong turns? Well, I'll be still following, I'm still going.
about the good old days. Sometimes it feels like this world's gone crazy. Grandpa, take me back to yesterday when the line between right and wrong. Didn't seem so hazy. Did lovers really fall in love to stay? Stand beside each other, come what may. Promise really something people can't, not just something they would say. Families really bow their heads to pray. Daddy's really. Never go away. Oh, 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 grandpa, tell me about the good old days.